Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm. For this episode, don't worry, it's about Final Fantasy XIV. I had someone ask me if we were going to talk about sixteen this week. No, no, it's a fourteen spoiler cast, because despite it being seven weeks since Patch, practically, we still haven't talked about the story yet on the show. So that's what we're going to do today. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Happy, and of course, joining me is Sly, who's just wrapping up his lunch real quick. I'm sitting over here jealous. How you doing, Sly? I'm doing great. Yeah, how's... How was 16? I yeah. loved it. Well, quick. I loved it. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's all I'll say. I'm still working. Yeah, I'm still working my way through, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good. Good. Yeah, that's it. Now we drop the here. topic. Now we drop the topic. Well, I yeah. mean, yeah, we do have a guest. Maybe they want to contribute. So, uh, spoiler, since it's a spoiler cast show, you know, Sly and I don't remember shit half the time. And so <laughs> we have to bring on somebody who pays a lot more attention than we do. So we, so we, well, I guess we'd just look more dumb in that case. That's, yeah. yeah. That's not good. We have Anonymous. We all, we all got backup. Yeah, yeah, backup. We have Anonymous <laughs> who's joining the show for the first time. Long time over here. Welcome, Moose. Hey, hey. How's it going? Same old, same old. <laughs> so, so thrilled. <laughs> I feel like every day's been the same for like 10 years. Been simultaneously two months and ten years. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. You know, it's funny. One of the only reasons we've never had you on the show is because I didn't want to just steal you from Frosty. I was like, Frosty just had him on. <laughs> that's okay. Like I know we, it I, is. Every every show is different. I feel like I feel like I've seen people give the advice to content creators so often. Like it doesn't matter if it's already been done; it's going to be different when you do it. You're bringing something something unique in, to that experience. I feel like it's the same thing with shows. I could do three, three more shows on the same topic. I heard topic. all of this Monday, back to 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 back, fifteen hours. So yes, you are right. <laughs> yeah, I have to believe it at that point. If if like. 30 to 40 people say it back to back. I have to believe it at that point. It is true, but that doesn't show. stop like your, your, your sensical brain doesn't always get over the nonsensical parts. Yeah. You know, but you're here now and that's all that matters. Honored to be here. We're glad to have you here too. Cause Sly and I, it's, it's, it's going to be a big struggle. You're going to be, you're going to be doing a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll do, I'll do my best. Carrie, anything is anything is good. <laughs> With us, any anything is good. Aloha. Mm-hmm. No, you go back to bed. We're just starting the show. Anyway, all right. Uh, before we get started talking about Patch Six Point Four story, quick shout out to our sponsors over on Patreon for supporting. They don't have to support; they choose to support. Our show is available for free on YouTube and podcast apps. But we appreciate all of them over there for supporting as well. And of course, our regular sponsors, Steel Series, Advanced GG, all the stuff we have codes for in the description and all that. I love that when you play a disappearing act with the green screen, as soon as you do this, <laughs> it's like, I'm gone. I'm gone. Is that, um, is that like a smart green screen setup? Like, um, one of those cameras that doesn't, the, um, the, looks like the, Discord green screen. Is it? Like I, would, Discord. I would say it's actually a very dumb green screen setup because my my lighting isn't even great yet. Still working on the lighting. No, this was an accident. I forgot I had the purple thing on. Ah, that's fine. But I'm saying, is it like, is it the one where it just it just outlines you, but there's no actual green screen behind you? Is it? Yes. Is, yeah. That's well, there's no, there is an actual green screen behind oh. me. It's doing both. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've got one of those, like, um, I think it's Elgato, the one that, like, comes yeah. out of the box on the floor. Oh, that one's great. Yeah. 
I love that thing. I don't have one anymore, but I do, <laughs> I do love that thing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Man, I just, I've, I said it like 18 times in pre-show, but I can't believe we're on the seventh week since patch. It's been that long since patch already. Where the t- where if the- I forgot anything, I'm going to blame that. Like you should have just had me sooner when yeah. it was fresh. Yeah. I mean, there was, there's a few things that got in the way of that. I went to another country and then. Uh, 16 came out. So there's a few things that, that got in the way of that, but we're here now. <laughs> I never remember what the last show we did. It was, it was Anabasios, wasn't it? Savage, I think, Sly? With Sphi? Did we do a Savage show? Yeah, we did one with Sphi. Yeah, we did. Sphi and Whoops. Yeah. yeah. That was the last <laughs> God, that's so long ago. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll do our best, everyone, to remember, but I expect you to berate specifically Sly and I in the comment section. So, patch 6.4. Uh, it's been a pretty interesting ride going through the 6.x series compared to the last several years of expansions that we've had because mm. we haven't had this sort of reset story in a sense where we're not like set up for the next expansion in any capacity at this point. We don't actually know where we're going. There's like a few tiny things that are like mysteries. But other than that, we're riding on Emmett's words from 6.0 and just guessing from there still. And that's uh, that's about the, the, the gist of it. How have you felt about the post 6.x story pacing and, and overall content uh, even leading up to 6.4? Let's see. I expect... I'm like you, I'm used to going, like you have your base expansion and then that, like that ends a story and then it opens a new story, right? Mm-hmm. But that new story is bringing that to an end. And I am used to that. But at the same time, like if I look back in my memory, I can't remember what patch is what patch. So for all I know, the battle on the bridge is like 3.0 and not 3.3. So in my head, in my memory, it feels different but like not entirely. So it's cool to like wrap it all up in one big expansion and then move on. But also I feel like it takes something away from kind of the grandiosity of it. Cause it feels like we're in kind of a self-contained thing. We had our big powerful ending and now we've got this new story, but it, it really took a while to build its foundations and now it's already almost over. So it feels like it's kind of like contained in a way that hits a little less hard, but also I feel like it's the right thing to do for the pacing at the moment. Interesting. A lot of people haven't felt that way about the pacing at the moment kind of thing. How have they felt? Well, how have you felt, Mike? Me? I've, yeah. I've been okay. I mean, I, I just like to see a plot start <clears throat> and resolve, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't think about, will it take me two years, four years, ten years, five pat, like whatever it is. Um, and obviously for me, it's also been about seeing kind of what I consider the, 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 fi- the 14 specialty of taking something from another Final Fantasy game, using it as a base reference, and then making it part of 14's world. I always say my favorite parts are things like C- Crystal Tower, Ivalice, because yes, they are taken from another game, but they are also completely worked into the world and lore of 14. Versus something mm-hmm. like Omega, where all the little fights are just like, yeah, I read a story somewhere, and yeah, I just need an excuse to put Kefka in the game. You know, like that's, that's the kind of stuff that I don't like. So this has been, for me, awesome because it's way more layers on Final Fantasy IV characters that were one note and kind of, like, generic for, for the <clears throat> for, like, looking at them now back 25 years ago. So, I've enjoyed it. Hmm. 
personally, I, um, it, it's weird. It, it's kind of funny because, um, we go through this whole rigmarole of, um, you know, go, go through an expansion, um, go to FanFest, essentially get teased as to where we are going and what we are doing, come back and then try to piece together the pieces of how we are going to get there and, and, and what events will take place to get there. So like, I, I feel like it's odd. Uh, like we're, we're coming upon that, that time where we're, we're about to get the little info of like where we're going. And then we get back. Okay. Now we have to wait until 5.5 to see how we're getting to that point and how we're going to set up to that point. Um, yeah, 10 years of 10 years of this really, really big story. And then we, we get, we get this, you know, promise of a new adventure, which we, we have started. But, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's not as grandiose as I thought it would be, you know, like the, like the beginnings of, uh, like, you know, I would, I would think, I mean, the Four Fiends is a way to start it, sure. But now that we're, we're about to wrap that up, like, it, it it's the, it's the, old question of who's next like who's the bigger bad like there and they're, and and we're all thinking there has to be a bigger bad but yeah like where do we go after this who's the bigger bad why the fuck are we going to bear city of the new world because that's two of the possible locations that we're right. more than likely going to and how is that going to connect to the bigger bad from from the four fiends and golbez like you know questions these are all the questions I have. Yeah. I I have a conspiracy theory that this is actually just a distraction. This is like a they're throwing a lot a of red ribbon. herring. I don't know about like a full on red herring, but like I feel like uh-huh. we were we were told the plan of like we're gonna crown the story, we're gonna be an adventurer again, we're gonna go start fresh. I feel like they told us that to prime us, and then mm-hmm. that's seven point and then this story now is like just this really cool idea they had to show people more about the void because they love the void and it's supposed to just kind of get us from A to B. Like this was a story right. they couldn't figure out where to put anywhere else. So they built it here and we're like, here, just do this between 6.0 and 7.0 so that we can like shock and awe with how we're going to return to being an adventurer and learning something new. Cause I like, I feel like. I feel like that's what FanFest is going to be, just shock and awe to to yeah. really drive drive home the message that Heidelin and Zodiac are over, but that doesn't mean 14's over. I know that that's been one of their anxieties is proving that to people. Yeah. And that's that's in line with what they said would happen when we, in-game, figure out where we're going. Because we're obviously, we're going to know where we're going before the game tells us where we're going at this point. Yep. Um, they do a horrible job of that, by the way. I don't know. I feel like thinking back, um, we didn't get the 2.4 trailer until the day of North American Fan Fest originally. Did we? I, I thought we got it like before, and I just kept I, seeing it at Fan Fest. Yeah, I thought we got it before. They literally it put dropped. it online the morning of registration. I remember getting up and checking my phone and being like, "They what?" It's just that, yeah, back then they didn't like do a part two specifically to give us trailers. They would sometimes just shadow drop it on like a Friday 
and that was it. Yeah, and then we the just had to go from thing. there. Yeah. yeah. That's what they did yeah. with the first one. So, like, we kind of had the thought that we were going to Ishgard, but we didn't fully know until, you know, we got to FanFest that day. But then thinking the Stormblood, they kept Kugane pretty well secret. I mean, a lot of people mm-hmm. predicted we might, but, like, that was something that uh, shocked us at the second fan fest that we didn't learn in game. Yeah, like I said, we were like, we were taken back down when everybody was like, well, it's not, it's underground, it's just been raised, it's at the bottom of the scene, we're not going up again, no. And then we... <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I was like, they said it was raised yeah. to the ground. I don't, I don't think we're going there. Let me know what happened. They were like, we don't know what happened. I was like, no, we know what happened. This is just not very good. I don't know. I feel like other other than this one, we've had a pretty decent inkling going into the FanFest, but it's FanFest has mostly been a confirmation game and then usually a few surprises. This time it's going to be a full-on, like, we are going to know. There's no way to tell us fan, what, what the expansion name is, where we're – there's no way they keep that from us until after 6.5 releases in, like, late September, early October. It's just it's not going to happen. Yeah, and yeah. Shadowbringers was a big surprise. Going to the first was a massive yeah. surprise. Yeah. That I was... had a lot of theories about that one, and they were all wrong. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people. <laughs> I saw. I actually did see a few people guess we were going to the first. I saw a few successful guesses for that. And I was yep. like, proud of all of you. Um, but yeah, <laughs> this, this will be, I mean, keep in mind, I was talking about how it's been seven weeks since Patch, or almost seven weeks since Patch. It's it's uh, 21 days until FanFest. It's three weeks to the day. Yeah. FanFest. Gonna be here before we know it. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It's, it's it's the season. The season has begun. The season I'm of still not ready. Yeah. It's gonna be a time. It's gonna it's gonna it's been a very different vibe. I always someone sort of talk about 6.4 story, but it's all relevant to talking about <laughs> the story. It's been a very different vibe going into uh, waiting for 7.0. Because there's been mm. a lot more game and popularity in 6.x, and there's also been a lot more discourse mm. in 6.x. So yeah. the energy going into the 7.0 weight is in kind of a weird, weird space. So fanfest. Yeah, the discourse has been it has been interesting for this cycle. I feel like it's been like a much more passionate and divisive discourse than I've seen in a long time. I think it's because there's just a lot more people. That's what I always think. I think it's I think it's just like all yeah. of the voices are elevated right now above anything else. So nothing wrong with that. Everyone's just a little passionate about their Final Fantasy fourteen. But we have a story. What what Sly? A little? A little? Yeah, a little. A little? Yeah, a little bit. Tiny bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we got a story to talk about. Patch six point four. Yes we do. It is here, and it is just another step, as we were saying, in this void story. Uh, I, I almost want to call it the uh, – not even the Four Fiends arc. I want to call it the Zero arc because she is kind of at the center of the entire thing. As Her become, little baby's growing. Yeah, <laughs> quite quite literally. Yeah, it's the Zero Final Fantasy IV love letter arc. There you go. And this one, for anyone who has forgotten in the seven weeks, is largely about actually trying to achieve the thing that Vritra set out to do. We need to go to the void, specifically the moon in the void, and try to retrieve Asdaya and everything goes south, essentially, is, is, the, is the summary yeah. of 6.4's MSQ. Very good TLDR of the events, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some spicy curry somewhere along the way. 
And is that where we're starting? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we might as well. That's how it started. Are we, are we gonna go? Like, are we gonna go? In, how do you? How do you do it? Do you go in order? Do you hit notes in random order? What do you do? I mean, we we go off on tangents every now and then, but yeah, like we 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 tend we tend to keep in a somewhat of an order uh, about okay. the story because it, it like you don't want to go from like A to K to C and then. Start on zero miss and end on the curry. <laughs> Everybody likes to end with a nice meal. <laughs> the the order is an important question on this one because, like, like you said, the main thrust of it is we're, we're actually going to try to achieve the thing we set out to do. But that's actually like a very simple part of the story, mm. and a lot of a lot of this patch is actually fluff, which is not a criticism. It's delicious fluff. It's marsh marshmallow fluff, but it like it was a lot of <laughs> finding stuff for us to do to delay the very simple mission into the void. Yeah. Yes, it starts it starts with curry. Everybody's <laughs> kind of waiting for news of what we can do next. No, and no, so, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, real quick. I have, to, I do have to ask because, like, it was the quote unquote obvious choice. Did you choose the ass blasting curry? Yeah. Yes. Because that's what I would pick in okay. real life too. Same. Okay. Like, because I have not heard anyone who had who who chose otherwise. So. Okay. Well, I felt like, like based on the based on the phrasing, I actually felt like that was the mission. Like I remember. I was looking at all of, all four options. I think it was four options and being like three of these don't seem hot. And I think she wants hot. So I don't want to fail this. Like when I was selling fish, I want to make sure to get her the right <laughs> curry. I fucking forgot about the fish mission. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I did not sell fish very well. So I wanted to sell curry like a champ. Um, Same. So I, yeah, I picked, I picked the worst looking, worst looking curry. I don't think there's actually an ending, like a difference in the, difference in the ending. I think they're all kind of the same and it just tells you they taste a little different. I think they're all equally satisfyingly spicy to her, if I remember right. Hmm. Do they, do they kill the rest of the patrons? I guess is the real question. (laughs) Yeah. Does everyone die except for, because I think, but I think preceding you going to get the spices, you're told specifically that Zero has, like, no, like, she ends up, she always orders, like, hot, spicy food. Like, I think you're, I think it's put into your head that Zero always orders it that way anyway, so you're going to help. So I think that's why it feels like there's a correct answer. Yeah, I had a mission. Like, I I was expecting a scene, like, um, Lord of the Rings, where they're drinking, where, like, everybody's just kind of, like, collapsing on the table, all their, you know, like, leaking from the eyes and the nose, and Zero's just like, I think it's affecting me. (laughs) Zero, it does get passionate, though. Let us restore our ether. (laughs) It's like, damn, Zero, she looks you dead in the eyes. Just like, it's time. Join me in this adventure. Yeah, This is actually like a trend in this expansion that I love. Um, I spent the first half of the game being like, why do we never see them doing anything boring? We never see them waiting around. We never see them just like eating. We never see, we, like every time we see them bonding, it's because someone's died. So the fact that we have spent so much of this expansion watching people just hang out and eat, I love it. Yeah, there's um, there's a casual sense to it that I I think is a part of the divisiveness of the story writing 
Um, because some people really want just the plot to advance, and some people actually are invested in a character to the point where they wonder what their everyday life looks like. I like to associate a lot with, like, the end of someone's favorite show or anime. They get the happy conclusion, but people aren't kind of satisfied with that. They want to go, okay, but then, you know, what was their life like after that? You know, and it's like, well, that's not relevant to the plot. And it's like, yeah, I don't care, but I want to know what their life To make that up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's that, but it's happening, like, as we're going through the story, because every patch has a zero learns how to be people kind of segment. And it's yeah. usually a bit more comedic <laughs> and fun. Like, uh, you know, when she wakes up in the hospital bed and meets, uh, it meets, um, uh, what's it called? Um, what's her name? I'm so bad with the names. The, the alchemist woman. Can't remember. Nadana. There we go. Like the, the big, yeah. the big alchemist. Yeah, character? yeah, N yeah, Nadana. yeah, yeah, Nadana. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's just like, it's a moment where she's like, she's never seen like another race of people that like aren't void and don't look like it. She's just like, I don't know what's going on. Like they, they go out of their way to create moments like that in pretty much every patch with Zero that are not high tense, like highly tense moments. So you get a lot of just, you know, Zero's being like, she's just learning how to be people. That's all. I, I feel like in order for the emotional parts of the story to actually land, you have to understand them as people a bit. And there, there are only so many ways you can go about building that kind of understanding and emotional relationship between the characters. And only doing it as like an aside shoehorned into the story while you're already out in the field, already doing stuff, that's really difficult. So like, I appreciate that they, they're willing to spend the resources to do boring scenes so that the really good scenes hit harder later. Like, I don't care if some people find them boring now, it's going to pay off later. Yeah, as long as you're invested in the character. Because I think that's the thing, if people aren't into it, then these scenes make things worse, and it's like, because they're just, they're already not into them, you know? It'd be like Just commit, your... skip the cutscene, just commit. Just commit <laughs> to being a cutscene skipper, it's okay. Yeah, and all those scenes do come with good-looking food, especially the, 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 the boss, or whatever it was called. Oh man, that was great. Yeah, the way it actually like broke in half and the steam came out and it actually had some like jiggle to it. That was very that was very impressive for Final Fantasy fourteen assets. I was very hungry. Hungry when you describe yeah, it. Yeah, we're getting polygonal grapes in our fucking bag, so Do not I hope I hope there's a uh for anyone who may not be the smartest individual, I hope there's a tag on it that says do not consume. <laughs> Somebody's like, Great grapes! <laughs> Mm, at least it'll, at least it'll squish. <laughs> um, that, that's, that's kind of our beginning scene, but you're right. We do go through a decent amount of fluff to explore. I think one point that is, is kind of fun to explore and it is the ether font and a point that's mm -hmm. kind of beaten home at this point when it comes to Garlemald. I don't know if, if you feel the same way about those two particular elements that we go through next. I think so. Um, let's see. What is the, what are you latching on to with the ether front? Cause like I, I saw it as just like a, all right, let's go get some ether. We got some stuff to kill. And you're saying, Oh, there's something interesting here. Well, I mean, so it answers the question of exactly what we were going to use to fuel the, cause I always wondered like, how do we just have this spaceship? Like, how does this thing just, just work? Like we had to summon a bunch of primals to like get it into the sky. And that's not like a, simple easy thing to do what was the actual right. plan here they had a whole island that's just like this um, amalgamation this massing of ether that they just kind of keep and have 
to themselves. All the wildlife is is just like messed up there and everything. And they've got Volibear's new rework from League of Legends for some reason. It's just, just this like I I just I love it as a location just kind of coming out of nowhere. They agreed on that front. Um I actually now that you mention it, that's a great point because I had the opposite reaction to it. I mm. in in the story it felt like the primals were us solving a problem. And then me going, oh, so they had already solved this problem and we only did the primal thing so that we could like drive home the everyone works together ending. Like I felt like that one of the biggest themes in Endwalker was that they had to find a way for everyone we've ever met to contribute. Like even Xenos in the end contributed. So it felt like when I when I saw the Etherbrand, I was like, wait a minute, we had already solved this problem. <laughs> we had a plan. But no, you I, I prefer to see it your way. That feels better. Yes, that's why I liked it. I mean, the island in itself doesn't really tell us a whole lot. I think they, in their own words, described everything we actually need to know lore-wise about the island, what its purpose was. Other than, I guess, why it's that way? Like, why this this one location is this, like, bursting seam of ether, especially so far from Mordona, which is generally considered to be Silver Tier Lake as kind of, like, the center point of, of everything. Like, did this occur? I want to know, like, and I maybe the lore book will, but I'm not sure if, if it will go over, you know, how this came Did this start after like they, they, I feel like it couldn't have, cause it wouldn't have been part of the plan that they've been setting up for all these, like all these years with the Loperets. So those are the types of questions I still have about it is how long has it been there? How to get there? Why? Like that's, that's it. But what it functionally does, we, we know, you know, we've, we've, we've concluded that and used it. Effectively, and we got another Final Fantasy IV boss in there. It's a little disappointing. There was little. There was one. There was one thing that I noticed as I was going through the, um, like the script. One of the things I like to do is what I what's called a panslation. I look at every single language of the game when when there are interesting lines, and I see is there any difference between the languages? Is there anything I can learn from this? Is there any extra hints? And lately, they've been they've been really careful to keep all the information, all the languages. So I actually rarely come across hints anymore. Um, but there was actually a joke that was only in English. Um, when you're heading out there, you're, you originally have to petition the forum to get there so that, that you might actually be denied access to this place. And I think it was Kokel is telling you that, you, you know, you got to get permission, you got to get permission. And he's talking about the forum and he goes, yeah, the forum doesn't even wipe their ass without, like, the proper protocol. <laughs> and as he's saying it, um, Forshno appears and goes, I'll have you know my backside is immaculate. Yeah, that <laughs> scene doesn't look like that in any other language. It's just English. I actually remember that. Yeah. Was gonna... In every yeah. other language, he's just like, yeah, you can't go without the forum. And then the forum shows up. And he's like, whoa, the forum. <laughs> oh, Kate. Is having just as much fun as Koji did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Wow. I I didn't. I see. That's another thing. I never think to check other languages. I just take whatever is put in front of me the first time, and I go, "Yep, I I trust <laughs> their localization team enough to just know that that's going to be something they want me to see." But I have stars from earlier in the game. Hmm? Yeah, at the very most, like we, like some, I guess somebody would play it on JP and that'd be the the baseline 
um, comparison that we usually have is whoever plays with JP voices. Yeah, that sounds like a hush font situation. Yeah. <laughs> that one was some drama. Oh, yeah, it's a drama. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was like the weirdest drama. It was like, I want him to be a raging pervert because it's more honest to his original writing. <laughs> Did you oh, did you guys did you guys pick up on the on the the NPC that came back? I didn't even notice. My my chat pointed it out to me. So you you go out and you talk to this this researcher named Margaret yes. who's like really quirky mm. and my whole chat is like, "Hey, do you remember her? Do you remember her?" And I'm like, "Kind of, maybe. Like I think I remember a crazy researcher that stayed up for a week, but I have no idea what's going on." Uh it turns out they they reused from 6.0, like the capricious researcher who like didn't sleep for a week and keeps doing the Yule dance. So like you were supposed to recognize through the Yule dance that you've met this person before and she's actually gotten some sleep. Yeah, that's something my chat. I would have never remembered if not for my chat. Nope. That's the same didn't, situation. Didn't stand out to me at all. I didn't make the connection at all. Because isn't that the quest where it's like it's right before uh, Erdian J? Re- reconnects with Moonbrita's parents. Yes. Yeah, that quest annoyed the shit out of me to the point where I couldn't... There's no way I would have remembered it. Like, trying to find all the researchers was very particularly a quest that annoyed the hell out of me. So there was no chance I would have remembered that. The the other thing that we... It's, like, kind of hidden in this quest a little bit is, is Aaronville's going home? Yep. Like, he... It's, like, a little hint. They're starting to give you little hints about things that are going on. Um, and I can't figure out if that's like connecting to all of the mentions of that area and that there's actually like something to look forward to over there, or if that's just like part of his character that he's, that he's going home for, you know, Vera reasons. Yeah. Cause, cause especially because since they've introduced male Vieira, the idea of a male Vieira going home is. <laughs> yeah. It's either he's going someplace that he hasn't been in a very long time, or he got out so early when he says home, he is referring to another location from either, you know, the New World, Mare City, or, you know, any of those layers. I doubt he means Ivalice, because going back to the forest would be <laughs> the only time, if once you leave the, the, the woods, you're not supposed to ever come back to the woods. Like, that's like a super big thing for them. And the men yeah. are supposed to only be seen for like mating and to take the the, the kids, the the boys who are of, who are of age. So if he, he, I sincerely doubt he's going back to to the wood. Are they going back to make baby? No, he left. Once you leave the wood, they don't want you there anymore. If he tried to go back, they'd just be like, "Who the fuck are you? Get out of here." The shrug. <laughs> so I can't just show up and be like I'm here to fuck and I haven't been and I've been going everywhere. I can't just do that whenever he wants. That's not how Look, it works. I take Who I says? take nothing for granted Who anymore. Says? Who says? Take nothing for granted. I'm here. I'm here to fuck. I mean, he could go there and say it, I guess, but I don't think it would be <laughs> like, What are you talking about? I would do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Slides like one from personal just, experience. <laughs> just show up in the woods. I'm here to fuck. That's yeah, that's lore accurate. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. very much lore accurate VR behavior, clearly. 
Mm-hmm. So, so many things in the past couple of years, I've been like, oh, that would never happen. We have precedent that says the exact opposite is always what happens. And then it happens. There's like some excuse for it to happen. So, yeah, I, he's probably going back to the place he got his city name. But for for all I know. Yeah. I mean, male Vieira existing, we have was the same thing. Like, well, you know, male Vieira, you know, they say that they're very rare. And so we probably won't get them, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, 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 here, just take it. Just take it. You've complained enough. Have your male Vieira. That's fine. Oh, man. And the other thing that happens in that scene is, uh, uh, what's it called? Cryo gets her Smash Brothers invite. Yeah, whatever, whatever's going on there. I like how everybody sees whatever they want to in it. That's what's been really fun about that is that it wasn't a hint at all. Everyone just saw it as confirmation that they're right. <laughs> yeah. So have you seen have you seen the version where like someone clipped through the book? No. 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 Someone like tried to clip through the book and take a take an image of kind of the whole envelope. And if you look at the design, uh it's really funny because all the people who are like leaning new world are like, oh yeah, it looks it looks Mesoamerican. It's like gold. It's got like El Dorado motifs on it. Definitely New World. Definitely New World. And everyone who is already thinking Maricidia looks at the shape on it and just goes, Tiamat! Maricidia, confirmed. So yeah. everyone just saw whatever they wanted to. It wasn't it wasn't a hint at all. I mean, I only the only thing I thought of is it's clearly the the new job. They said Kryle was getting a, a glow up, and we're expecting a caster as a community. So that was the only thing I thought it was, and I was just like, and now, and she's going to be in the next Smash Brothers. Sakurai uh, sent her sent her a letter, and uh, now we just wait for <laughs> them to announce the new Smash Brothers featuring Kryle, and uh, we'll be good. Why? We Sorry. know. You we know. <laughs> someone is reaching out to Archons. That's the only hint we really have, yeah. is mm-hmm. someone is looking for Archons who have uh, like a lot of experience and the ability to move freely between nations. And that's that's all we're getting for now, apparently. Yep. What's going on, Sly? And, and like, when, when, I, when I heard this little day, when they referred to this someone, um, like, I, I was trying to rack my mind, like, like Final Fantasy wise, who could it be? I so here's the I, thing. I if it's New World, there is precedent in the Blue Mage quest for people who have started to establish um grounds over there. Mm-hmm. Uh but I don't think they'd be reaching out to Kryle. I think that No. Although to be fair, Charlene is the closest location to the New World that we have been to in terms of physical location on the map. Not by much, because, you know, it's got to go like this versus just going straight out of Aldenard. But I think that's much precedent. I'm willing to bet that it's Maricidia and that it was probably delivered from... Um, it probably went through Thavnair over to there, because that's the only way anything gets out in and out of Maricidia is through Thavnair. So... It's, uh, and I think that's still going to be the way that we get to Maricidia. I think it's going to be through Thavnair, above all else. It's from the first. I will, <laughs> I will say that one thing the Maricidia camp has going for it is this patch, is 6.4. Um, because when later, later on, when we do get 
to Ajdaya. Um, she says that she was actually in Maricidia when it all went down with the Empire. And I thought that was a really weird thing to mention. That was a really weird thing to add. Like, Maricidia was always um, Bahamut and Tiamat's domain. So the idea, and like, every time we've seen the dragons get into some shit, the other dragons don't show up. Like, it's very rare that they actually interfere in each other's affairs. So to hear that Ajdaya was down in Maricidia, I feel like that was, why would they do that? So that's like one one thing I think does lean in Maricidia's direction for the people who want to believe that one. I think that's fair. Quick side note, quick side tangent, and like somebody, I'm, I'm glad somebody brought this up during during my interviews on Monday. Why the fuck have the devs still not cleared the Garlean Empire cloud cover on the map? <laughs> Because we haven't yeah. been there yet. Worry we haven't been to Corvos or anything. Yeah. Do you want like We've a been to Ilzabard. We've been to Ilzabard, so there's no reason That's to cover. Part. At least remove the Tiny remove part. the cloud cover over no, the Garlean Empire. No, because they want it to be suspenseful for when they eventually unveil all the rest of this. There's a lot of. And, seen, and, we have seen one then, tiny bit of Ilzabard. <laughs> and, and then and then. Well, I guess the cloud cover that covers uh what's west of what's west of uh old Charlie and two. I mean that I mean I can take that. We don't know. But it's the new world. Yeah, at least the Garlean like all around the Garlean Empire when when uh shout out to Synodic, it was a uh, Synodic scribe who brought this up, like, yeah, why the fuck haven't we got rid of the cloud cover over Gar Garlebolt? So Sly, <laughs> let me ask you something. Okay. Have you ever okay. played StarCraft? No. Have you ever played Warcraft 3? The only Blizzard game I touch is Diablo 4. Okay. Um, so Diablo 4, I'll use an example. You know how in the map in Diablo War. 4? Yeah. <laughs> it's fog a fog map. of war. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. We haven't. My, have my theory is that they, when they first showed us that map, uh, plans to keep some of it covered because we were going to go there in a Garlean expansion that they were setting up. And then they decided, we're not actually going to do that. And then now they they left the cloud cover on it to reveal it during a trailer that never happened. And they're sitting there going, well, well now when do we remove it? So they're going to have to wait until their next opportunity for it to be an impactful moment, like when it pulled away during the Stormblood trailer. That's my conspiracy theory, is that it was planned for a trailer that never happened. Can we just accept the obvious answer? It's just really cloudy over Elsebard. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't control the weather. It's just always cloudy there. You know, I've never, I've never seen the sun. <laughs> fog of lore. Yeah. It's not the fog of war. It's the fog of lore. There you go. I like that. We're coining that. That's it. That's everyone. Stamp it in. It is now officially the fog of lore. I, I like that theory solely because it like reminds me of Mitch Hedberg and his theories. Like, maybe Bigfoot just is blurry. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Can't change my mind. It's made of clouds. Uh, so we go through the ether font. We get to just explore that a little bit, but then we. I guess I'm not that surprised this is still a point that they feel like they need to drive home, but I'm also, like, I think you've driven this point home enough. Can 
people in Garlemald just get the fuck over it at this point? Like, every patch, they gotta fucking fight us on something. Every single patch, they gotta be just assholes for, like, a half a patch. And then they're like, you know what? You're right. We will, we will, we will be better. Not, not all of Garlemald. Not all of them. Enough! I mean, yes. The, the old guard, yes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm about tired of them old bitches. Um, but yeah, not all of Garlemald. Um, what's his name? Um, Eusis, um, Eulis, Eulis. Yeah, Eulis. Yeah. Eulis has at least grown. Uh, I'll give you that. Eulis has done the most growth out of probably everyone in Garlemald. Like, he's gotten over it. It's just the old guard. And, like, again, it, it's, it's Garlemald. They're setting their ways. They're isolationists, but they, but they want to rule the world and, and, they want things, they want things to go back to the status quo, but they're too broken down or too broke, literally, to stand on their own fucking legs. I think so to have, to, oh, go ahead. Okay. No, no, finish, finish. I didn't know there was more. No, 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 no. I was, I was good. I was good. <laughs> I think, um, when it comes to the old guard, like you were mentioning, that Part of it, actually, I feel like is is required for consistency because of of the founding mythology of Garlemald, which was that they they used to live in the south and they got driven out of their lands into the north, and they've always been very bitter about this, and they always want to reclaim it, and this has been this is like driven them kind of like um an inferiority complex from being driven out of their lands, a victim complex from being driven out of their lands. And now they use that as justification to look down on everybody else, to take back from everybody else, to to do what was done to them, to everyone else. So for there to be at least a few people in the old guard who are just super nationalist still, I feel like is, I would be more concerned if everybody changed their mind so easily. Because, like, that was one of the things that I felt was consistent is, like, even when we're having this conversation, this guy's, like, injecting into the conversation. I I want you to remember, by the way, that, yeah, the Empire did fall, but Eorzea did not defeat the Empire. We defeated ourselves in Civil War. Nobody nobody beats Garlemald but Garlemald. Like, that felt very, uh like, on par with the founding mythology and what it would do to you if you use that as, like, your justification for conquest for 50 years. Thanks, Emmett. <laughs> Thanks, man. You couldn't have, like, left me a memo or something to give to them when you fucking disappeared? Like, hey, listen. No, seriously. Look, he, this is him. I promise. No, it's, no, it's really him. Yeah, he was, he was an immortal god. We killed him, but so he's not immortal. But, you know. He says this. Please stop. <laughs> uh, it's just, like, every patch. Like, yeah, it's consistent. I get it. It's just, like, every patch we gotta deal with. Garlemald being Garlemald still, and it's like, I'm just like, yeah, if yeah, you were, I know. If you were one of, it's, I, I can't imagine how it must feel if you were one of the players who spent years, like, defending Garlemald and, like, pointing out that there are good people there, too, and it's going to be very gray, and it's not just going to paint them as assholes, and then we get here and they hammer it over and over and over. Oh, I can't no, imagine how that must feel. No, no, fuck them bitches. Hell no. Mm-mm. <laughs> People should have stopped saying that as soon as we found out they killed all of the pacifists. Six, actually, yeah. six point four was very big on hammering on themes repeatedly. Like, how many times in this one patch did it highlight yet again, like 
anybody who would destroy another world to save their own sucks. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was mentioned at least three times in this patch, and I I kept joking like I can't imagine being someone who like really resonated with the Asians reading that ten times in one patch and just be like. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta feel like it's rubbing it in. Yeah. Only other thing I want to say about the Garlemald section is, I mean, zero, zero, and Ulysses. That's that's happening, right? That's that's we're we're, we're sending make we're, babies. We're, we're sending that, right? I'm just making sure everyone's in agreement that we're sending that. Okay. They're gonna make babies. I'm I'm down to send it, but I also feel like last patch everyone was shipping Zero and Yeshtola, so maybe she, maybe Zero is just gonna have a different ship like every patch. I missed that memo. You missed that memo where they had that like really interesting handshake. I mean, I remember the handshake. I saw I a lot. Of, I saw a lot of comments about the handshake. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a handshake. I mean, maybe we just like we're at, we're on different sections of Twitter. No, Zero and Astinian was a genuine misunderstanding. She just didn't get what was happening. Just like, shall we, di- shall, shall we all we dis- about, She like, wanted everyone to disrobe. That was it. She wasn't like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were we about like 0.5 seconds from getting Zero to get naked? Yeah. And then, and then, uh, what, who was it? Astinian? Fucking stop the fucking Boy Scout. Fuck you. He doesn't have nipples. He doesn't, he doesn't get it. The man, the man's out there like sweating Crisco, doing like eight hundred push-ups in his room. One, and one arm. We push-ups. we don't get to we don't. What one arm? One push-ups. arm. Push-ups. Yeah. Who gives a shit? And we don't get to see we don't get to see a a, a topless zero. Come on, man. Put a goddamn shirt on if you're gonna if you're gonna beep out that fucking life. Reminds me of Anchor Man. He's like nine hundred and ninety-eight, nine hundred ninety-nine. <laughs> One thousand. My arm hurts because I did so many. As I feel like we walked in on Astinian having one of those moments. <laughs> yeah, Vrecha was the one who stopped it, not Astinian. Astinian was like, he heard that and he's just like, interesting. Didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, he's game. He may I not would, have game. I would he knows game. For for the for the Garlean scene, there is one other thing I thought was kind of funny is um, when you show up first, they're actually arguing about whether to destroy some Magitek that are that are like broken. So there are these Magitek that are like attacking everyone who passes, and they're like, "We gotta put these things down. They're rampaging everywhere." And the nationalist Garleans are like, "No, that's like our tech. You just want to like." Steal our tech. That's you know, like you can't you can't damage Garlean assets, and it's like this very defensive posture, and like that rampaging Magitek ends up being the thing that attacks the guy when he tries to leave. <laughs> Deserved. Yeah, I love I loved that little that little connection. I don't know who's dumber, him for saying it, or him for then after saying it, stepping out into the place where he knew it was. This- I th- I think he knew of it and shared the position. I can't remember the name of the guy who was arguing it when we showed up, but it wasn't him specifically. So there's like a there's like a little wiggle room for it not to be the dumbest irony in the world, but it was very very funny to me that like the position that he would have held is exactly what almost got him killed again. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Uh, it was it's exactly what they what they I get for what they're saying. <laughs> 
<laughs> as far as I'm concerned, that's just desserts. Oh, man. Uh, and then by that point, we're done mostly with our fluff. Yeah, we've, uh, we've had our curry. We've decided that we need ether because we're going to open up a gate on the moon. Um, Yeshola comes to the idea that like you're geosynced from one shard to another. So if you leave the, leave one shard in one place, you'll appear in a geographically equivalent location in another shard. So we got to go from the moon to the moon and we need a lot of ether to do it. So we go to ham to get it. And we're going to transmit it through the Tower of Babel. So we go to Garlemald and deal with that. And then we end up where we are here in the conversation. Yep. The important things that happened in between all the fluff, basically. <laughs> the, long, the long story short of how we clear the Garlean section is uh, Varshan comes up with a way to kind of create a mutual exchange that helps their pride a bit, gives them some dignity back. He offers uh, fair trade. So... Favnir is going to help them get uh, supplies to recover in exchange for access to the tower. Um, there's going to be like an exchange of Magitek goods, services, knowledge, and ceruleum in exchange for like all of the wealth of people who want to buy those things from them. So it's going to raise their wealth. It's going to raise their esteem. And it takes them a while to come around to it. But in the end, we got access to the tower. Yep. And we get to use it all over again, that bright light in the sky, sending a bunch of ether to the moon. I just, I'm always blown away by how Ishtola co concocts this kind of shit, in all honesty. <laughs> She's just like, well, clearly, <laughs> which, don't get me wrong, she said her life goal after the end of Endwalker was to find a means of connecting the shard. So it's perfectly within reason that she could figure this out. But she's just, he's always just drops a bomb on you of some shit that's suddenly possible. And it's like, what are you doing? Are you still falling asleep in stacks of books? Like in 6.1? Is that what's happening right now? Too many of them have fallen on her head. And then woken up and, she, and her friends are just randomly sitting next to her. Hi. How long have you been there? <laughs> long enough. Long enough. Yeah. Uh Oh, Shtola. Hey, we also had the Thancred moment, too, where he tries to teach Zero something this patch as well. He did have that the running as well. The running theme was trust. Like, mm -hmm. like Sly said, this was, every patch has a becoming a person arc for Zero. I think this one was really encapsulated in Eulis's line. Um, when someone believes in you, it makes you want to believe in them, in others, and in yourself. And I think that one really resonated with her. Yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting on getting to the love portion and her asking all about that. And... Oh, boy. Yeah, that's so that's point five. The, it's uh, going to be love. It's going to be the yeah, love between Vritra and Azdaya. As that's what it's going to be. That's going to be what solves the Xeravis problem. So brother and sister can love one another. Like, yes, but... Uh, well, no. no, yes, the answer is the dragons have no sense of anything. Well, they reproduce asexually anyway, the dragons. So their love is like a completely different... Hey, like, I'm trying to think about how to explain this to Baby. Because she's going to ask the question, and we're going to have to have this talk. And somebody's going to have to have this talk with her, and I don't know who. Because, the like, the beast as far as I know, <laughs> as far as I know, all the fucking, all the fucking scions, quote-unquote, are single. And, like, well, 
Urianje. Never mind. Fuck. Who the fuck am I kidding? Uh, yeah, he no, he shouldn't. Yeah. He should not be the one yeah, explaining I'm... anything at all. <laughs> I mean, he's had love and lost. Yeah, I guess. So is so has Ishtola, I guess, even though she doesn't. Oh no, she doesn't. Dude, it. she's friend zone Runar ages. He just doesn't get the message. <laughs> you don't. You don't think that's. You don't think that's why she wants to get back to the first. That's why I'm thinking she wants to like. Okay, the the thing about with the scions is that they are. I wouldn't call it self centered, but they have their own motivations. Um, for a while, I thought Rianjay's motivation was trying to find a way to get Moonbrita back for the longest time, and that's why he did what he did. Early on, um, while he was with while he was with the Warriors of Darkness, quote unquote, um, Ishtola, yeah, she's trying to get back to the first. And like all this, like traveling to other shards and everything. No, she 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 wants some some she, daddy kitty. She, she ain't gonna make it. She ain't gonna make it easy. Un- until they give me until they give me a better reason, every answer in my head is a shit post. So <laughs> when. We were on the first, and she's like, "Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like Runar." In my head, that was because she knew she would have to leave him and didn't want to get like emotionally attached to him. And now she's over here, like, "Yeah, I just want to figure out how to open gates between the shards for no reason." I mean, that yeah, also yeah, is something exactly. Ishtola would want to do, though. At the same time, she's totally, uh, well, I mean, it can be done. Now I got to fucking do it. So that's how she's kind of always been at the same time. Oh man. Regardless, we'll get that answer sooner rather than later, hopefully. But now uh, we ride on the back of a dragon, on the back of Reacher, through a portal in the moon. And that's not a sentence I thought I'd be saying this expansion, but it's practically still not the craziest thing that's happened this expansion. <laughs> Imagine trying to explain Endwalker to yourself in Heaven's Word. Like, it would sound like a terrible 4chan leak. I don't know. I, I predicted the moon all the way back in Heaven's Ward. I just predicted it every expansion until we went there, but I did predict it. I mean, Yoshida-san's been joking about the moon since since Heaven's Ward. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was going to get there someday. It was inevitable. Every expansion, the moon, but it's all the way up there. <laughs> Fucking Yoshi. He, he used the moon to dodge one of Fusion's questions one time. Yep. He's like, yeah, he's like, uh, you guys talked about how you were going to decide between like swimming and flying. And we did, we did flying. So does that mean 4.0 is going to be swimming? And he's like, well, who knows? Maybe we'll fly even higher. Maybe we'll go to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Yoshi P. Never change. Interview master. Yeah. That's, yeah. He's, he's had to get good at it. <laughs> It's just everyone tries to squeeze them for stuff. Uh, but then we end up in, in the in the void on their moon. Big old red moon. Pretty much as we saw it at the end of the last patch when they, they kind of teased that that's, that's where Golbez's little sanctum was. And what's what's there to say? It, it kind of went as everyone predicted for the most part with Ezdaya becoming the shadow dragon and... You know, us needing to defeat them together. I, uh, so I don't know that there's that much to break down. The one big thing is them sh- trying to let you know that Golbez isn't Golbez, which is mm-hmm. a very strange <laughs> and weird lore twist that I, I didn't, I haven't really decided what the purpose serves yet. 
I'm curious if it serves a deeper purpose. Like that's one of the two big things I've just kind of not tried to figure out. Like, is there a reason Golbez isn't Golbez? And is there a reason that they mentioned four times that Zeromus is the name of an ancient hero? Like, how are these identities going to play into it? And I don't think I could figure it out. And I think if I tried, I would waste 12 hours on it and be wrong. I, I almost just think it was a move solely made to humanize Golbez. To, like, add weight to why he is so committed to this exact crusade. Mm-hmm. Because other than that, cause, cause the more obvious play would have been to go directly to Final Fantasy IV and name them, you know, after Cecil and, and, uh, God, what's Goldbiss's real name? I always forget. I just had to, I just looked at it the other day too. Durandal? Yeah, I think that's right. Dur- Durand, oh no, Theodore. No, Theodore is, is. Theodore. Is, is it Theodore? I thought what? his son was. Oh no! I'm sorry. I mean, for original Final Fantasy IV Golbez's real name. I'm is, like mixing up all yeah, the names yeah. of my swords. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Durandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the original <laughs> Final Fantasy IV because he has like Golbez is not his real name in Final Fantasy IV. Um, he has it. He has it. So is Golbez more of a? It's the D. It's the Zor- D name. Durante. Durandal. <laughs> uh, is Golbez more of a? Not name, but. Title, you think? No, I think it's it's, it's his friend. It sounds like was. one. Yeah, it kind of does. Because what's his friend's? Because his name is Durante, but they kept whoever yeah. Golbez's actual name is like out of it. Like that—that's the person yeah, I, who I think, the mystery. I think um, sword is Durandal. Guy with sword is Durante. I'm gonna rim put my <laughs> chips there. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. That's fine. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just, it was, it was just the only question I had coming out of the patch because it was just weird how Durante took Golbez's name essentially and said, well, I'm going to do that to honor him. And I just didn't, I was like, okay, that's a neat detail. I just wonder if it serves a, a bigger purpose. I'm willing to believe the humanization angle. Um, mid, Mid-story, we see an echo where they're out together. Um, and one of them prays for the defeated. And the other is like, yeah, I would I would never do that. You're a better man than me. And I feel like that might be kind of a running theme in this whole thing, that Golbez was not really what he believes him to be, that he was a better man than that. And mm-hmm. that may play into the ending, and it may not. But either way, you're right, it does humanize him. And and around this time when we're seeing when we're seeing the um you know, Durante and Golbez, we we see we also see Zero. Mm-hmm. We see early Zero and Man, early Zero's a bitch. <laughs> I mean, to be to, to to be fair to be fair, like all the um what were they called? Um uh what were the knights uh, on, on the, on the drug called like the memoriam? Yeah, the memoriams. All the memoriams were untrustworthy, but yeah, she was she was a bitch. I think she was just that was the whole end of the world because the world was already falling to pieces by the time they met 
Like it wasn't it wasn't like hey we're still in the oh we can fix this kind of thing. No, there was it was already like, yeah. fucked at that point. And they even said that like it, like all like pretty much most of the memoriates are pretty much untrustworthy. Nobody trusts anyone. Like it, it was like even the memoriates said that. No. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, and she did have a point. If I saw someone who looked like Gold Best and they said, "Yeah, I'm trying to help people," I'd be like, "No, you're not. You're full of no, shit. You're not." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, even, I'm scared, and I'm and I can fight. Like, what the fuck? Not, even not, the memoriates that were dying looked at Durante and Golbez and went, "Like, you guys should look out for each other." Knife in the back. That's how this always goes. Um, I I would actually blame Out of World for this one. I would blame the theme of the writers for this one because this whole patch is about like trust. Mm. This is the like from the very start of the patch to the end of the patch. The whole theme, the whole running theme, is trust and zero learning about trust. And I feel like by setting up that scene where Zero is offered a space in their party and she's like "fuck off," that's setting up her to realize that if she had learned to trust, maybe this would have gone a different way, and that she won't miss the chance to trust again because of that experience. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think all the scenes with the past are literally just, I, 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 I think they're just setting up characters as they are now and trying to give them depth. Cause they are trying to squeeze a whole lot of character depth into characters that are not, have not been around for long. And in the case of Golvez, very likely will not be around for long. <laughs> I just thought of something. Yeah. Z- Zero's kind of like Wolverine. A little bit. Yeah, you know what? I yeah, you know, I got it. She, I, I, I no, see that no, 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 no. She goes, she goes, she goes from the old, scene at the bar. She's like, "Hello, I'm Charles." Fuck off. Fuck off. To, and she's old as fuck. She's old as fuck too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, she goes from telling two dudes who walk in a bar trying to recruit them to a school of mutants, saying "fuck off" to traveling through time to save one of their lives and save the future. Yeah. No, I got it. Yeah. I got the storyline. Yeah. We're good. You're talking about the Fox movie specifically. I I can tell. Yeah, but. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you. I don't know that. if I'm. I don't know if I'm just like seeing shapes in the clouds, but yeah, I see it. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if somebody's molding them, then yeah, you'll see shapes. Especially in the clouds. If, the, if the scions, the weird group of mutants, have been shoved together with their weird weird powers and conflicting personalities, and yet they're all like kind of harmony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Min- yeah, Minfilia <laughs> was Charles Xavier the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god! What is this game? Anyway, uh, and uh, we yeah, we beat Golbez. He's surprised for some reason. Shouldn't be at this point. I, I don't know why anyone's ever surprised. He seemed to understand how strong we were from the get go. Like he wasn't really. He's like, oh, they lost. The fiends lost. Okay, that was expected. I expected to lose them all at this point. And then what I thought was a decent twist. Something I'm shocked I didn't pick up with on the trailer. I was using as Daya as the Shadow Dragon as the heart of Zeramis. Like using their personality traits and what was left of them as a voidling. As this like means of giving Zeramis direction and power. And commanding over it. I mean it was just I didn't see that coming at all. I I picked up on the Shadow Dragon angle, but I never would have predicted how we got here. Like, especially with everybody trying to connect Zero and Zero almost the entire time, yeah. and like bending over, like twisting themselves into kind of a lore pretzel trying I, to make that work. I, could, I got so tired of that so fucking quick. I'm like, no, it's not <laughs> fucking happening. Please, no, stop. Just stop. No, no. 
It's okay because next patch you get to hear Zero Mussy in Party Finder over <laughs> and over again. So you'll get something. You'll get something even worse at this point. I'm already hearing it, so we're screwed. Enjoy that one. Yeah, I, it's just like, but. Zeromus's face in the trailer, I never once thought of. I, mean, I was like, oh, that's as Daya's face. And it is, but it does look a lot like Zeromus's actual <laughs> face from Final Fantasy IV. I never drew the. That's the second time I haven't drawn a Final Fantasy IV connection in this expansion. Like, when, when Estinian says, you're not the only one who can ride the winds, Kane says the same fucking thing in Final Fantasy IV against Barbaricha. I never picked up on it. So Damn. I felt dumb twice now. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, one of the, speaking of speaking of Estidian, the the line that I loved here um, was Ashdaya looks at Estidian and goes, "If such is thine attempt at encouragement, you are as graceless as Nidhog." Yeah, and. After, like, Heavensward really hammering home that Estinian and Nidhogg were basically the same person, I loved that. I feel like they drove that home really well in uh, 5.5 also with Tiamat. When you go to free Tiamat and he kind of stands there. He, I mean, every time he meets a dragon, he becomes like a, a sibling to them, essentially. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm glad they kept it running, because at first it was like... At first, it kind of hit me as, like, a Marty Sue thing. Like, he is way too powerful and cool all of a sudden. And he just gets to, like, go from being, like, kind of the foil of Nidhogg to being, like, actually a little bit of the inheritor of Nidhogg's spirit and carrying on now that there's only one of them. And and to see him interact with the dragons that way is really interesting. That, that draconic ether he got to keep... I mean, it's gone along. I mean, he is, like, he still has, like, all this Nidhogg inside of him. It's just, it, yeah. it feels like it's influenced his personality. And it's, you can, it almost feels like Nidhogg's will directly comes out whenever he's in the presence of his siblings. But, like, the pre-madness Nidhogg, not the I, post-madness. I I don't know if I'm giving the team too much credit, but I think someone sat down and was thinking, like, um, if if Nidhogg was fully destroyed and dead and gone and there was nothing left, then he would have to put down the Azure Dragoon too. Like this is kind of like a Batman Joker kind of thing. Like they were both Nidhogg and Estinian were both people that like lost a sibling in, in violence and held a grudge and lived only to avenge that grudge. And I think I think the difference between them is that one made friends and challenged their instincts and the other didn't. And so like, I feel like if, if Nidhogg wasn't still around in some form, there would be no Azure Dragoon either. So I feel like the fact that, that we're still going to have Astinian in the story being a Dragoon necessitates that he has some connection to Nidhogg still, that Nidhogg isn't fully gone. And I, I really like that dynamic all of a sudden. Yeah. Now it's just, uh, He's met Tiamat, he's met Reacher, he's met Azdaya. Ratatoskar is gone, Bahamut's gone. Which dragon am I forgetting? One, two, three, four, five, six. Not Midgar. Where uh, Midgar needs to wake the fuck up also. But Did you mention Hrazvelger in your thing? You were talking really fast. Yeah. yeah, he does I don't I don't really recall him having very many brotherly conversations with Hrazvelger yet. He had he had one in the short story when he when he yeah. got his new armor from oh, him. Azure, yeah, yeah. When he gets uh, the yeah, when he gets uh, the the seventh the the five I think it is set. 
Four, no, the 4.0, the 4.0 AF set. That's what it was, the Stormblood AF set, yeah. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, I remember missing that question in Arizivio about yep. how he got it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And names it Iceheart. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's it. That's that's the one. That's the moment. It just wasn't on screen. Yeah, I had forgotten about that short story until now. Damn. Okay, good. Yeah, I just was, I was looking to complete the all the dragons who are still alive have have like gotten to hang out with Astinian. Yeah, because that that oh, that short story alive. is very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ratatosker. He's not gonna go say hi to Ratatosker and Bahamut anytime soon. Not a real one, at least. Vafnir. What? No, Vidafnir's not a not an original. That's one of Frace Felger's brood. No, no, no. Didn't we have a dragon named Vafnir? I just Vafnir? named all seven dragons. All seven of oh. the big mommy-daddy dragons. Oh. Yeah, Frace Felger, Ratatosker, Bahamut, Tiamat, Nidhogg, Fritra, Azdaya. And then Midgard Sarmer is biggest daddy. But he's asleep right now. And will probably be asleep for about 200 more years. Because he's an asshole. He chomped on one barrier in Omega, and he's like, that's it? I'm fucking off? I'll see you later? That's it? I would, I would be annoyed as hell if Midgard's rumor woke up, like, within the next patch or two, just because he didn't wake up in, in Endwalker. Yeah. <laughs> How do you not include him in the ending? <laughs> How do you not include him? They included... They, listen, we had Vritra... You know, we had. I understand that we had to cut a lot out to make it all work. We had an expansion that was set up and didn't happen with the Garley and stuff. We had ten years of story that had no exit strategy. I understand some sacrifices need to be made, but he was in the first trailer. How do you leave him out? Yeah. We'd be salty about that for a while. Were the scales we got from Midgard Sarmer's corpse the ones that we used for? Uh, the Void and for that, or were they from, like, Vritra? I, I can't remember. I think Vritra donated them. I don't remember. I don't remember the I remember right, there was even... Corpse. I, I feel like I remember there actually being, like, a visible asset of him missing scales. Chat saying that Midgar Summer woke up just long enough to say, take some scales. I don't remember that. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to redo it. Him, t- oh, it's, yeah, so they took them from all, well, from everyone except, uh, Azdaya. So there you go. Yeah, I, I, that scene, I haven't watched that scene in ages, cause that's the big scene where all of the side story characters come together, I think. Where we get the scales. Hmm. Yeah, cause Chad giving me confabulation over here. Yeah, Chad's got a few different answers, but. Later. Yeah, that's that scene. It's that scene. It's the scene where all the side characters are on the docks. All every every side quest that you've done all comes together. But now we have Zeramis. We have our big bad for six point five. Pretty obvious who our trial is going to be. Um, and now it's a question of how loyal the Final Fantasy Four do they want to be for the last bit? Because there's one very obvious solution to the Zeramis thing. There's this crystal that we picked up early that Ishtola gave to us, and that's how you give Zeromis' true form a physical form so he can be fought. This is a crystal of light. Just hold the crystal up, banishes all the darkness, and then he has a physical form and you kill it. Well, that's where Ishtola's going, is to get light. Mm-hmm. 
And I think uh, I, I want to go to the first as much as I want Gaia to play a part in something because I want Gaia involved. I think she's going to get left out. At most, she'll get a dialogue line where you, if you've done Eden, that Reen just goes, oh, yeah, she's off doing something. That's it. I'm done. So sad. <laughs> I want Gaia to be involved in MSQ. It's weird because, like, I can put all of the pieces together for for how we get where we are, but usually that would tell me where we're going, and in this case, it doesn't totally, unless it's just what everybody says they're doing is what happens. Like, we got we got the explanation of you know getting to the the void moon itself was really special because we had like. Alagon research and help from the Watcher and all sorts of like weird etherochemical regulating at a gate and restored Zodiac swords to block the way in so nothing could get in. And it was like, it's this whole special scenario. And then you get over to the other side and Golbez explains to you very helpfully that, you know, it's the void. So whenever spiritual ether, soul ether, anything kind of dies, it doesn't go to a flow. It doesn't get reborn. It turns into a void set. So since, uh, when Zodiac on the source died, he dissolved in every dimension. There's all that ether waiting for somewhere to go. And waiting to be reborn is something. So he throws Ajdaya in there to be eaten by that. And we get Zeromas. And they're saying, Yishtola's going to go to the first. She's going to get a ton of light. She's going to find a way to get it to the void. Because we have to fight it in the void. We can't fight it in the source or Ajdaya will die. So the, the idea is that we have to bring the light to the void. I think you're right. Use that to give him a physical form that we can even get close to, because we can't even get close to him. Use that light to give him a physical form that we can kill, and then when we kill him, Ajdaya's spirit will be released from him. And then I'm like, how do we how do we unvoid scent Ajdaya at this point? Love. Because they <laughs> Yeah, they the keep theme. acting like you can have we ever seen anything unvoid sent before? And they're they're all acting like 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 Vreacher's just gonna go, hey, hey, remember me? Think really hard. We're we're like really close, and I want you to remember who you are. And she's gonna be like, Besides you're right. Zero? I'm no longer a void well, sent. Not zero, Nero, but he's not fully corrupted. He's not like as dire levels of corrupted. He's that's where his like he's got the cuts, and it like starts seeping into his body while he's in the world of darkness. And then he escapes the it's world zero. of darkness, and it all resolves. So that's the big question is if, if, okay, so zero tells us that she's not really a full void scent. She's a half void scent. She's a, uh, corrupted. She's like Vothry. She's, she's half and half. Yeah. Yeah. Corrupt, corrupted in the womb and then was never really a true void scent. And so like, is, if that's the reason that we were able to save her, are we able to save anyone else? Like is, is is Ajdaya half void zen? I don't get it. So I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be an excuse for it, but they're lay, they're laying the groundwork for for um, for Freetra to just you know sing a dragon song and and Ajdaya to go. You're right. I'm not a void zen, and we all live happily ever after. I mean, if anything was going to do it, a dragon would do it. Um... I wonder if we outfit like a chainmail made of dragon scales from the other three or something. 
To me, like, I don't know, like, in, in the, I'll give them credit for this. Every time I've asked, how the hell is this going to work in Endwalker? The answer in the end was, it doesn't. It doesn't work at all. So, like, I asked the question, like, how the hell could we get from here to to Zodiac being restored? And the answer was, you can't. It just doesn't happen. So maybe the answer is we don't say it. Maybe there's a tragic ending to all this. But they're certainly laying the groundwork to make us think it's possible, and they're going to try. I mean, the more important groundwork is where the fuck we're going. Because I think the big thing with Zeromus is it can bust through dimensions. Like it can, yes. it can absolutely just break through that barrier and it, go to go to the source. It's a void scent with Zodiac strength. I don't know, like all of it or most of it or well, what, all of the thirteenths, like equivalent. Yeah, I'd assume. So, and then and then we throw yeah all of the thirteenths equivalent, and then we throw Ashdaya in there to be eaten by it. And the idea is that like Tiamat so longs to go home. That like when one void sun eats another, it, it takes on some of their personality. And being this newborn thing with no direction, all, all it has is Tiamat's desire to return home. So it's going to use all of its power to try to do that. Ejdaya. Yeah. What did I say? You said My Tiamat. brain glitched. Tiamat. Oh, brain no, Tiamat glitched. can join us. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's got like all of Ishdaya's desire to return home. So it's just going to try to tear tear that open, like you said. And I wonder if that's what they use as you know basis to start going play. Maybe I still I still think that like there's going to be a big like void. Like whatever damage Zeromus does is going to have lasting effects on the source, but it's going to affect Maricidia and whatever the most. Oh, you think this is this is going to set up the changes? Yeah, I think that's going to set up like what, like something happening in Maricidia and then us needing to go down there with Tiamat, follow up with that. And then Vreach is still in Thabnir. He connects us to Maricidia and then we go with Asdaya over to the new world and Asdaya settles down in the new world and we get our little side adventure with her. All this cool theorizing I've been missing, focusing on the new world. <laughs> Yeah, that's assuming as Daya makes it, but if Asdaya is going to need a home, and Asdaya, I think, probably would not want to go back to Maricidia. I think there's enough bad memories there. Definitely doesn't want to go back to Eorzea. Not to mention we have Race Velger there. I think they settle over in the New World. I have no idea what to expect. None. Nope. Absolutely none. Which is kind of exciting. I... I came up with one idea and I decided I would believe it until it was proven wrong. And I have gotten no support or refutation since then. And so it's just, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> well, I think that makes everyone with N Walker. We're just like, okay, we're doing this. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but we're doing it. That's oh, so yeah, definitely, definitely correct me when my brain glitches. My, like, I, I'm sure you noticed with like even trying to to remember uh, Durante, like my brain likes to pull 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 names from the same folder, same file cabinet. <laughs> yeah, just, just keeps same, on going. Same same letter section. Uh, D yeah. D uh, yep. uh, Durandal, Durante. Yeah. It's yeah. gotta be. It's, I'm just gonna like blame it on getting old. Like I'm just I'm getting old, and I'm gonna start mistaking all the names of things for uh, things with other names. Like I hated when people did when I was a child. That's fine. We didn't even remember half of that shit until we started recording the show in the first <laughs> place. So we're good. But that's where that's where we leave off now. Those are the plans. That's what's going in six point five, and it's just about. How that even gets us into the expansion, which realistically, 0.55 will probably entirely encapsulate events taking us to the expansion. 
Because we do know they're going to probably do that like one part, two part thing again. It's unlikely they, they go away from that. So we'll probably deal with Zeromus in part one of 6.5 and then get to the expansion stuff in the second part. And because they said that it would be very sudden, like the shift to the expansion, like something massive yeah. would happen and we would just suddenly know, like it would just make sense in game. Why we were going where we, we were haven't going. had that happen, in but a they while, said it would be in point honestly. five. Like they said, like yeah. we were at some point in the fi- final bit of story, it would just be like, you know, oh, yeah. that makes sense. That's why we're doing that. Okay. Yeah, we haven't had that like oh shit moment to connect us between between expansions and ever since really ever since two point five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With that, I think we've largely covered the MSQ. There weren't any little eyeball quests this time around. We took care of that with the four lords, or with the four fiends, mm-hmm. sorry. So that leaves us with technically a couple of other story bits. There is Andon, of course, who, uh, you know, going back to our male Vieira in the forest story, uh, hilariously ties into that. <laughs> so, you know, if uh, somebody said that if you're a male Vieira, when you do the Andon quest line, they actually do tell you to come back to the forest. <laughs> For the for some fucking, <laughs> so maybe maybe Aaron Bull can do it, maybe he can, and in and in can you can apparently so. Fair enough. Um, we had the uh, Lopritz also this patch, if I'm not mistaken. No, like that was last patch. My bad. We talked. Did we talk last about the Lopritz? Yeah. I don't remember if we did a six point three spoiler cast. That's why it's on my head. Yeah. You want to talk about the Lopritz? No, um, I love them. NPR. We had we had we had Depresso, depressing way. That was yeah. Now we have now we have Lopritz NPR. That's true. Fucking depressing way. I'm. Hey, Pash has got it. Yeah, in the chat, I've got a running joke of trying to prove that the the Lopritz have souls. Ah, that's Um, what I was thinking. Yeah, we did the Lopritz robots section with zero this patch. That's why they were on my mind. I forgot about that. The the in-game lore book says that they are um, arcane entities, which means they're not living, they're not alive, they don't have souls. And I'm like, no, that's that makes me sad. Lopritz have to have souls. They they develop them over time, like some of the other things yeah. we've seen in the game. I'm, and I've I've been jokingly trying to prove it for a bit. You can actually get one one line in this in this patch too. Um, Zero is like, hey, I wonder if there were. I don't actually it might not have been zero. I don't remember who said it. I think it. Let's go with zero. Um, they're like, oh, I wonder if there were Lopritz on the on the Void's moon. But if so, they'd all be Void sent by now. Which makes me think they must have been living. Ergo, they must have had souls. I'm gonna keep keep trying to prove it every patch till we get there. <laughs> yeah, tweeting way has a soul. Or we'll go with tweeting that. way is the only one we know. Yeah, we know for sure tweeting way has a soul. That's our that's our black swan right there. We got proof. Yeah, and through top, we we kind of learned that Omega, like in his own way, developed a soul. He he learned how to use Dynamis at least. One would assume he needed a soul for that at some point. Which still kind of makes sense. With what we know with the Omicrons, it's so much that they didn't lose souls, it's that they kind of just automated their souls to the point where they weren't, they didn't have personalities anymore. So, I think that's fair enough to assume Omega would have had a soul in the first place. So yeah, we got all sorts of stuff with that. Yeah, that's why the Lopperts are on my mind, is because I forgot we had the little test round with Zero against the, (laughs) against the fucking robots. That was one. I love all those. I love, 
I love all the scenes of the Loppers trying their best and not even coming close. Um, <laughs> they're all so they're all so endearing. It's like a it's it's, it's a different take on Moogle energy. Yeah, one I can tolerate. <laughs> Are you still mad at Moogles? I'm definitely still mad at Moogles. Wow, yeah. after Yoshida's Love Moogles Again campaign? It's fucking failed. Didn't work. <laughs> Fuck those things. <laughs> Next patch, Moggle Mog Unreal. Nope, now I'm 100% sir. Now I'm really, now it's really driven home. Fuck that. Okay, so that's those are all the other smaller tidbits, but there is one other major tidbit. We have our sign-off to Pandemonium. Panda Express. The Panda Express. And what a, what a sign-off it was to yeah. finally loop it all back to A Realm Reborn and even Shadowbringers and Endwalker, in a sense. What a finale. I think it was my favorite finale of the Raid series, having thought back to it now. I thought they did a great job with that one. I don't know. I still did kind of like... Um... I still did kind of like the ending to Alexander. Yeah, oh, I love the ending to Alexander. That one's that one's up there for me too. But like this, I think this one was kind of weighted to our hearts because it's very the events there are very recently uh, not not the recency bias of the quest itself, but the recency bias of N Walker and its relevance to N Walker kind of gives it a hmm. uh, fresher fresher take. Now, the real question is, as Anonymous alluded to pre-show, do you remember what happened at the start of Pandemonium? <laughs> How did we get I think I've, fly? I think I've got, uh, like, Pandemonium 1 and 2 or start of 3? You mean, like, like do you mean the tiers? Like the start, or? the start, start? Yeah, like, are we starting, starting at the start of the tier or are we starting at the start of the raid? Like, how much backstory are we giving here? Well, I'm is stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, so the, so the big thing with Pandemonium is that we are essentially we're we're sent back into Elpis because they find they find that stone uh, yeah. over in uh, Aporia, and yep. we use that kind of as our original basis to go back, and we immediately run into theme. It's like we fall on his head. Like that's that's right how far him. back this goes. Is all the way to just literally crashing into Themis. And I love how they set that up too, because because he's he tells you immediately like a Zem told him to stand there. What a fucking asshole! <laughs> like, he or she, depending on what I the have, player is, is an asshole. <laughs> I have so many questions about that. Like, I feel like they were almost setting up that a, that a Zem was brought into the loop by Vana at some point and had some knowledge of how to execute this planning, and then it never manifested. So, like, maybe I just made that whole thing up, and a Zem is just goofy like we are. Yeah. something Something's clearly given way there that uh, isn't, isn't fully explained. But the point is, is we use that as an introduction to Pandemonium. And I think theories about Pandemonium kind of started off so much differently right than the way it ended up ending. <laughs> I simultaneously guessed completely right and completely wrong at the same time. It was it was a fun journey. So liked, what was what was completely right and what was completely wrong? So when we first got in, I picked up immediately on like just kind of the way they were structuring the dialogue that we mm. were going to find out that La Habrea was 
that like did care about Eric, that La Habrea had a softer side to him and was deeply conflicted about everything that happened with Athena and that all of these accusations against him were, were not going to be word for word correct. But I thought that this was go like everything that I thought was going to be in tier three was in tier two. And that's what got me really confused. Cause I thought what we were going to figure out was that the same whispers that were affecting everyone and kind of bringing out their inner desires and warping their inner desires that La Habrea was going to end up being the victim of these two. And that this was all going to be about him trying to bring Athena back. And so I, I felt like I was going down the right track. And then they showed that there were like two La Habreas, And I was like, oh, this is about to go in a very different direction. <laughs> <laughs> going to have fights, though. Oh, man. See, I, from the beginning, I always tried to predict based on what was actually happening. And yep. seeing Eric in the, as the very first fight, I thought they were going with an Eden route. And I thought Eric was going to be the very final fight. Essentially, I wasn't wrong technically again because Athena is using the reborn Eric's body as her host body. Semantics. Semantics. She even uses chain attacks and everything. Like those are what the chains are. Those are Eric. Those are Eric's chains that she's using to destroy the arena. You know, I I was I got it, but like I thought it was like he was going to be the actual La Habrea and like the La Habrea from before was going to have done some shit. There was yeah. So there were a lot of theories about about who the real La Habrea was going to be and how, and I really enjoyed trying to figure those out with people because I could not do it. Um, when we first fought Eric, he had La Habrea's mask on his helmet. He had a crystal with La Habrea's sigil on his belt. I was like, oh, maybe maybe they're right, but and, then and we it saw, still kind of you know, makes sense now that we know what was driving them all to that because if it was yeah. supposed to be about his inner desires, his father's approval is, you know, <laughs> or just his, his father's love and approval is kind of at the top. So La Habrea being part of that initial outfit, you know, it still checks pretty much all this time later. They did a good job telling us everything we needed to know and not too much to figure out the ending. Like, yeah. I, I figured... I figured this was all going to be about Athena from the start, but the way it ended up being about Athena is not what I imagined at all. They did a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then the first tier kind of starts as just, you know, Pokemon. You know, it's like, go collect them, go collect them, go collect them. And that's like, that's, that's like the first, the first two fights are that. There's not really much to say about them. We just kind of learn a bit about Pandemonium and set it up. And the big thing is we learn about the Key Wardens with um, Hesperos who uh, also has gone through this, uh, this the same process as the other Key Wardens has, where he's amplified, his desires are amplified, and he's apparently a La Habrea simp, you know, which we learn later on is still not entirely how it worked because of uh, what happens with uh, Hemegene or Hegemony or whatever her name is. Yeah, Hegemony. And uh, I forgot, you know, it's one thing I forgot. I forgot Hesperus killed himself. I actually forgot that it happened because I was Did like, you? Yeah, because I was like, oh, we saved Hegemony. Didn't, what happened to he- uh, Hesperos? And I was like, oh, that's right. He fucking killed himself. And he's like, Allah, be proud of me. I feel like I made, I made so many jokes about him that I actually remembered him way more than Hegemony. I feel like we'll have to like compliment each other's knowledge on that one. Well, I mean, I, rem- I remember most about him. I just forgot that that's how 
it ended with him. I was just like that part. I like blanked out of my head that that he was dead because I I just saw hegemony and I was like, wait, so can we save Hesperos too? And I was like, how? <laughs> how do you plan on doing that? I was like, I don't know. Maybe didn't we not jail him? No, he broke out and killed himself. That's yeah, uh, we were we were like, yeah, you're defeated. Tell us tell us the truth now. And Hot Chocula was like, nope. Hot Chocula. God damn. Hot Chocula. Oh, that's the best is, name I've is, heard. I can't, I can't call him anything else. We were midstream, and that name just slipped out. And I was like, "No, that's that's it. That's the only. This no, is all the name I, now." My roommates at the time called him Hot Chocula as well. Did they? I've never yes. heard anyone call him Hot Chocula before this moment. I think DSR and Top may have removed a lot of memories from Hesperus, especially DSR. But you know. I, all I see is the Castlevania joke. That's all I ever think of whenever I see Hesperus. I don't even think of a name. What is a man? That's, that's the only quote that comes to mind. But we ended that tier. That tier very much began as most raid tiers begin, where it's a lot about explaining why, like what is happening without explaining why it's happening and getting all the characters in the front, in the, the front of the stage. And then we go into Abyssos, and it's a fucking massive drop of just, like, all this shit that, like you said, I think most people would have thought was saved for the last tier. Heck, I'll even yep. say this. Looking at Hephaestos as a both normal mode and savage mode boss very much looks and feels more like the final boss of the whole 12 fights than, I think, Athena and Ultima, or Palace Athena, ends up being. So, it... it, it and they said they aimed for that. They said for the second tier of Bissos, they aimed because it was La Habrea, technically it was La Habrea rematch, that it needed to feel like the final boss of like. Well, that's what I needed. Yeah. That's what I needed Pandemonium to be. Was mm-hmm. they had it? They they didn't flesh La Habrea out as as being equivalent to Elidibus and Emmett Selk, even though later in the story that was, the the trio was supposed to be this big thing. And then you had this one person in the trio who threw, you know, several expansions of villain decay, looks kind of like a chump. We needed to fix that. We needed to, we needed to flesh out his, his humanity a bit. We needed him to make him look more powerful. We needed to stop making excuses about kind of his body hopping and the weakness and like all of, all of the things that explained why we beat him at level 50, but he needed to be cool again. So we, I, I, I'm glad that we got that, that final boss level middle tier. And not to mention they made him daddy. Look at him. Like he's literally daddy, like with Eric and like look like he he's a well established he looks like a well established gentleman. <laughs> My favorite part of Pandemonium, even just the last couple expansions by far together, is if you go back to two point and you look at our like back then it felt like there were two levels of, of antagonists. We had our like political human gray area garlean antagonists and we had our black and white light and darkness super magical asian antagonists right and we end up in praetorium and it's the most unlikely match ever you know like the um we got la habrea on one side and we got gaius on the other and it's the unholy alliance of two people who have nothing in common and then you flash forward to this patch where you see both of them without their masks and they look like the same old daddy. 
Good old Laha Daddy. <laughs> they look so similar. <laughs> I can't get over that. It's just if you like if if I could You can't get over daddies apparently. Send back the knowledge of that one to to my two self. Again, it would it would feel like a, a bad fortune leak. Yeah, especially because whatever body or form he's taking <clears throat> in two point it looks like a baby faced bitch. So <laughs> to see him like as he is now is just like it's very it's a very different feeling looking at actual Ahabrea when you go into uh, Abyssos. But uh well we ended up learning about Abyssos in uh in the final tier and then Abyssos ends up being interesting because like Abyssos is trying to set up this it starts as the Pokemon game again and immediately goes away from being the Pokemon game after the first fight. Because we meet Hephaestos, which is a huge question because everyone was like, the the artwork leading up to it very much presents to you the the normal La Habrea and then has the upside down imagery yep. with Hephaestos. And you can see La Habrea's mask on both of them. So there's this huge question of the half mask that we've seen and the double personality. Like I've, everyone kind of started leaning there, but it still took us in a direction that gave us something that finally started to explain or at least make us understand how current La Habrea got the way he is. Because if Feistos is exactly who we thought La Habrea was, kind of a cartoon villain yep. in a sense. Yep. And then combined with actual Hephaestos slash La Habrea's knowledge becomes a threat, essentially. I... I loved the third tier for how it handled that. Because, again, like, the, the second tier contained all the stuff that I thought was going to be in the final tier. And that's when they, they seal him back away in the crystal, in the red crystal. And I remember being like, so how the hell do we get to the La Habrea that we know? Like, does Eric look at the red crystal? Does La Habrea look at his own crystal? Does he get re-manifest somehow? Is La Habrea just always like that when he breaks mentally? Like, I just, I had a lot of questions about that. So the scene where he, like, puts it back on, I was like, yes! <laughs> like, that was a, he that was a good does it scene. Too. It's yeah. the most anime shit ever. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but it's, it's not even just that. It was like how much of it, the funny thing with Abyssos is it was clear the daddy issues were done and all that was left were the mommy issues. So it kind of gave us exactly the answer of what the third tier would be at the same time as like kind of taking over all the lore. Sly, what's what's wrong? That's exactly what happened. We learned Athena was crazy. That was the whole thing for Abyssos. I'm just mad that we went there. What? That's what happened. I know, I'm just like... He thought he had daddy we... issues and he loved mom. Now he loves dad and he hates <coughs> mom. He saw the other side of the story. Yeah, that's my problem. Like, this whole thing was child psychology gone wrong. Yeah, it was fucked up. Eric Eric got dealt a shit fucking hand by no, we you No, we cannot fix her. We don't want to fix her, uh, albeit how hot she is. Like, no, we don't want to fix her. I mean, her. that's part of why she's that hot is because you can't fix her. Right? Not with that little crazy sideways face like this. And she doesn't do that all no. the time. That's fine. No. Just cross that box out. You're good. 
they got Marge Simpson energy right now. It's true, but he shouldn't <laughs> say it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh man. And uh yeah, I don't know. I I retroactive it I, this always happens with the final tier. I always look back at the previous two tiers and find things I liked more retroactively. I think Alexander probably the most guilty of that. This this very much uh feeds into that same thing. But uh Going in, going into the final tier, I mean, it, it, things just got cranked up. I mean, even the end of Abyssos finding Pandemonium randomly in the uh, in the Ethereal Sea was on the Itai scope was uh, that was a hell of a, a bomb drop at the end of Abyssos to just have this modern Pandemonium just sitting there, and everyone's like, "Why?" And then we find out why, and it's like, "Oh, that's not good." <laughs> I. It's weird because, like, I I got it in my head that this is where it was going with Athena at the end of 2. And then I was completely wrong about why. And I don't know how I got there. Like, um, they were talking about how the, the ancients couldn't create souls and um, transcending the flesh wasn't possible. And I'm like, wait, isn't that, like, the whole point? It's like, isn't that the echo? Like, doesn't La Habrea call that the true power of the Echo? Why are they acting like transcending the flesh and, like, merging souls is this huge thing? And I'm like, oh, did did Athena invent invent that? Did Athena invent transcending the flesh? And she was, like, learning how to, like, merge with creation. So she did, did she, like, invent the Asian super sex thing? And then, like, that... <laughs> they did a... <laughs> Yeah, or they merge. Asian the, Prime, uh, yeah. No, I got it. I've just never heard it referred to as Asian Super Sex. We, we are definitely <laughs> on different Twitter spheres. I, I suspected it early on in the conversation. I have confirmation now. <laughs> Don't worry, that was just my phone letting me know about the Super Sex. That's fine. And Sorry, they do, they, they, they even like recreate the scene where it's like, I am become you, we are become one. Like, they, they have an echo to that scene and that whole thing. And I thought it was going to be so much more important to the third tier than it ended up being. And it really came back to that. Gonna have a really hard time following this conversation now after the super sex thing. That's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna, that's gonna stay with me deep in my soul. Yeah, I, I just, I, I felt like they had focused on all of that for, for a deeper reason. But really, Athena just felt as an as a citizen of Amarat, that the being able to create and manipulate souls was the one thing that represented godhood to her, to a to a population that had creation magics so can do anything they wanted. Being able to create and manipulate souls was the symbol of of deification, and I thought it was just so much more than that. And it, I was surprised that it didn't end up being that. Yeah, it ended up being not even necessarily about what she wanted. It was about how it was amplified by Sab- by the heart of Sabik. I mean, at the end yeah, of the I day, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it and it ends up literally being down to this this tool that was given to them in a, in a very ancient time. So that's that's kind of the big thing is um we we kind of already knew Ultima was something far more uh, nefarious when we did the Evilise raids. Uh, that being said, it being something that essentially handed Athena pre-sundering, and it's this, this like, 
deadly tool, this alien tool that that's just like fucked with it. It it opened it opened a gate that now nobody can forget about because that's all anyone's going to be thinking about when it comes to these aura sites and everything. Is is what their actual actual origin is? Not just are they from Ultima, but what the fuck is Ultima's actual origin? Before we uh, killed her ass in in Evilies. So can you pick a place? <laughs> Stop walking back and forth. You good? Good. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah, and then that's that becomes the whole plot line. It becomes about the heart of Sabik and Athena just kind of being another victim and kind of everyone being a victim of it by the end of it all. That's that's why I spent so much time researching the end instead of the beginning. That I forgot so much of the beginning because because of the Sabik stuff. Um when they first mentioned it, I got really Really nervous, really mixed feelings. Because as soon as as soon as they dropped the name Heart of Sabik, I was like, "Oh, this is it! They're finally bringing it back. Um, they're finally addressing it. It's been like this, you know. We we joke about it all the time. They've never answered the Heart of Sabik. They never used the Heart of Sabik. Where's the Heart of Sabik? What happened to the Heart of Sabik? And now, like the moment has come. So it's going to be like, does it live up to the hype or or does it not? And so I was really excited to see it. And really nervous they wouldn't do it justice. And I, I, like, that was, I was riding that ambivalence the whole rest of the story. And where you landed? Where I have landed is that I am weirdly okay with it. <laughs> I am, I am weirdly good with it. Like, there, I, I my baseline is, um, Minfilia's dad. For, for when they answer old questions. Cause he, he had a story in the Uldon 1.0 intro where he was killed during, he was killed during the parade and they were gonna try to resurrect him so that he could like say the secrets he knew. And he was like assassinated and Minfilia was like terrified by what she saw. Uh, and, so the guy who tried to resurrect him got stabbed from behind by a guy in a cloak. And that seemed like it was like this really big, important thing. And then we came back and we were going to answer the story. What about Minfilia's dad? What about the guy who, who got killed trying to resurrect him? What is that going to be? And they brought it back in the Alchemist quest. And they were like, oh, he was probably just trying to warn us about Dalamud. And I'm like, you guys didn't even know Dalamud existed. You didn't write that yet. Like, what was it really? And I remember being like, how could you? <laughs> because as a 1.0 player, I know that Yoshida was not around to have invented Dalamud by, by the time that story was in progress. Well, actually, do you want to know a fun fact about Dalamud and 1.x? Yes. Actually, Orig yes. Do I have that mistaken? Before Yoshida took over the project, Dalamud was supposed to be this. an endgame zone we were going to go to. I remember hearing this, yep. We were originally really? supposed to physically go to Dalamud, and it would have been like a Final Fantasy XI type style sky or sea or yeah, yeah. whatever. So we actually, early on, the seeds of it would have been there. So it almost That's, still checks where out. Did you, where did you learn that? Because I'm like, I remember him him joking, and this I didn't know whether like how serious it was or not, but I remember him joking that he was just like, yeah, we need to figure out how to destroy the world. Do you, that's a, it's a 1.x. I have to go to the live letters from before 2.0 launched because that's, that's, it's, I think it's, that's like, cool. Yes. That's interesting. 
Yeah. So it would have been a zone kind of like the end of uh, Rise of Zillard? Yes, precisely. Hmm. Or the end of Chains of Promethea, yes. It would have been an endgame zone where you go around fighting bosses, yes. Spawning bosses, huh. killing bosses. So that would have been that would have been a... Uh... What was its name back then? It was still Dolomud. Really? Mm-hmm. So Bahamut was still going to be there anyway. That I, I don't think they ever confirmed if, if Bahamut. They, essentially, it was centered to the story, but there was no, I don't think they had any intention of it. Of this it is where it's going to get like really, this is where it's going to get really weird. Um, but the, the name Dalamut is a corruption of the name Bahamut. Yeah. So it's, it's so entirely it's like, possible, but they've, how they've, did that happen? they've never, I mean, it's possible that was the intent that it was a prison all along and Ooh. that Yoshida just took that information that the team already had obviously and then decided to drop it on and do that well great um, now i have more questions than ever <laughs> yeah, see, I knew, like i heard that it was going to be like an in-game zone i didn't think like i didn't think it was going to be like you know yeah they never said anything when they talked about that like that original plan for it they never once said mm. bahamut's name so there's no way of knowing if that how much of it was like there bahamut was just going to be on because you got to remember in final Fantasy four bahamut's on the moon so, like, Bahamut being on the moon or being the king of the moon, like, any of that could have made sense and could have been, like, an end thing. But there's no there's no way of knowing exactly where that was going to go. But I'll it was supposed to be a zone originally. We were supposed to go there in 1.x. I'm with Zalian on this one. Do you, do you have any insider knowledge about the presence of Silver Tear Lake? I feel like that's something they told us we were going to answer and they never did. That's still... That's we yeah because we like we we went in we went into the twelve thing and we we were gonna get the answer to that with the with the with Phantom, this the current twenty four man yeah we we thought we were gonna get the answer to that in this twenty four man to come something completely different so hopefully I mean, we could still answer it we do have that final that like that uh, yeah one we got one more chance mm-hmm. yeah because the fact that the the fact that the uh, rift is in silver tier is a bit sus in the first place. Like the ability to like enter the Phantom Realm is at Silver Tier. I feel like it's no coincidence at all. Yeah, the original the original 1.0 boss being Silver Tier. Like I just I can't let it go. I want to get back to it someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Lavos is there. I mean, we we know that when Midgard Stormer brought the Agrius down, that there was the, all the latent ether that was in there essentially burst. Which in is the really in the Interviews that we've done in the past, um, Koji has alluded very loosely to, to a, a presence or a force that was, that was in Silver Tier that we would have, would have made it to eventually. And I have no idea what's going on there. And I always come back to it as usually like a joke, but I would love to know more about that. Yeah. Same. Huh. Yeah, and then on that, top of that, Silver Tier is where you know it's also funny. Not only is Silver Tier where the Phantom Realm is, as Chad has brought up, it's also the first place we saw Vanaw. Yeah. So when we physically saw left. her in front of us, yeah, we were we were right by Silver Tier in five point five. Mm-hmm. Silver Tier was supposed to be everything. Yeah. Originally, it was it was it was the place all of the plot threads were heading. Um, and it's still the center of the world's ethereal network, as far as we know. So it's like, I don't know. Isn't that why still, they were afraid think, in, in 5.5 of like that, the, them rerouting the ether? Cause weren't they afraid it was gonna like, it was gonna like backtrack into Silver Tier and blow up all fucking Eorzea? It was gonna like back block it or something? I only loosely remember why we even did that whole thing in Cart now. <laughs> 
honestly think I honestly think when we get down to the finale of this game's life cycle, however however far that is in the future, I think all things will probably end at Silver Tier. See, I like the theory okay. that Silver Tier is the exact center point of the Sundering. See, I like that just as like a theory. I liked that too. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been a lot of theories that I've thought about over the years of like, how do we, how do we really keep Silver Tier as that, as that really meaningful location? Um, like allegedly that's why, why Gaius wanted to secure it so quickly in the first place that he was willing to bring the armada there was that he understood that there was something there. He was able to see kind of through the mythology and figure out that there was something very, very important there. And all we've really blamed since then is that he just knew it was the center of the ethereal network. So if you control that, you control the primals. Um, but I feel like there's, there's more to it. And I would love to have like an ARR two or, you know, like Endwalker two where we come back to Eorzea and, and focus on Silver Tear Lake again. Just, just for that like sense of book ended closure. Yeah. A book book ending, the concept of book ending is actually why I think I'm so okay with the Heart of Sabiq coming in the way it did. Um, mm. When we first heard about the, Art of, uh, the, the Heart of Sabiq, we were in um, Praetorium, which was the start of our Realm Reborn journey. And here we are in the last raid tier of our last journey that has to do with that kind of saga. So to, to, I, I'm weirdly okay with that. It's it's a weird little echo to to something. Sabiq started the first raid tier by being like our gateway into Coil, beating Praetorium, and now it's it's the end on the other side in Pandemonium. Not to mention it ex- just explains how La Habrea got. Well, a why he's even crazier because he's been listening to that. Why he's so? Yeah. And then, of course, the line, even just grabbing her lines, like, straight out of the raid. Because I just, I just, I've, I've recently redone Praetorium after doing, after doing Pandemonium. I'm like, you know what? Why? Lopray did it better. From the deepest pits of the seven hells to the very pinnacle of the heavens, the world shall tremble! <laughs> Fucking love yeah, her tremble is so good, but <laughs> yeah, I I love that they were able to put like so much care and realism into explaining why La Habrea was a Saturday morning cartoon villain. Because his crazy ex-wife and his crazy other half that still loved his ex-wife really, really got in the fucking way, huh? Did you did you talk to Claudian afterwards? I did, did go through his menu. Yeah, one where you can ask him about the high. I need to go back and do that. He has this huge um, spiel about about Ultima and Sabiq yeah. and uh, Athena, and he drops some weird stuff in that man. Like he starts in with like so sometime longer before we ever thought it was possible. Um, Athena somehow came across an aura site. And that was how she started studying and building the heart of Sabiq. And he, and then he says that now that they know this, they've been looking back through history and they believe that at various points in history, they've seen references to Athena and Ultima in places 
unexpected through history and that they have they may have been the cause of more disasters and more more events throughout history than anyone ever suspected and that is a very weird thing to say in a menu that looks like it's going to be updated later added at the end of a patch that's really weird yeah i i remember that that's that's my chat made sure they said, okay, so you're going to talk to Claudian after this and you're going to click, you're going to check the, about Ultima, the high serif dialogue box and you're going to listen to what he has to say. <laughs> um, and it checks out. Find it. I mean, the big, the big thing is Orosite has already been a part, like, you can already tell where La Habrea fucked up the first time because the World of Darkness is his first place taking what Athena's researched and going horribly wrong with it. <laughs> like, and we're dealing with that now. Like, the Void is literally his first failed attempt at, like, using Athena's information and experimentation and everything. And uh they've since been like, that bitch was crazy. I ain't doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck she was thinking. But, uh yeah. I mean, obviously, he's the one who tasked them. I think Iggy, yeah, Iggy Yorm's the one who eventually ruined it, but she didn't fucking know how to use that shit. La is the one who puts that put that shit in her hand, and she got grounded because she didn't know because she didn't get it. Ain't no way he just put it in her hand and said, "Yeah, go whatever, do it. I don't care." She had to get that aura sight from somewhere. She got it from him. Can't change my mind about that. Memoriates, yeah, there's all sorts of things. Yeah, Athena fucked, Athena's been fucking shit up for a long time. <laughs> and Ultima's been fucking shit up. I guess the real question is if Ultima's actually dead when we kill her in Ivalice. I think they're setting, setting it up for there to be kind of multiple incarnations of it over time. Mm-hmm. So that gives us kind of an opening for another version of it. So, if, like, have you seen the box that the statue comes in? That has its own lore on it. The box that the statue comes in. The Ultima. Yeah, there's, a, the ultima. there's an ultima, ultima statue, and there's, like, lore on the box. I forgot about that. No, I haven't. So there, there's the lore on the box. There's the triad card. There's stuff from the quests. Um, now there's this Athena stuff. And it looks like... Like, it's... It, Originally, it was just a pure force of destruction, the purest force of destruction. And that over time, this fear and reverence and awe gave, gave it a primal-like identity. And that's, that's where we ran into it in Ivalice. Okay. So if you, if you unmake the primal-like entity, the, uh, arguably the force could still be out there. The idea could still be out there. So right. we may, we may not, we may not even have met, you know, Ultima Prime. Yeah. And I don't think Palace Athena counts as Ultima Prime. I don't think Tentacle Lady, although it could be closer to what Ultima actually looks like, which could be why Palace Athena doesn't actually look anything like Ultima. Ultima's this winged seraph, you know, and then in 12, she's got that weird clockwork dress like looking thing. It's like this. We've seen so many different forms of Ultima, but yeah, they could be. And there's also, the one big thing from Savage confused me, the fucking snake. <laughs> I didn't, I was like, is that just supposed to be like a, a Jorman, a Jormungandr reference? Like the, the snake coiling around the world and then the eyes are off in the distance? Is that all this is supposed to be? Or is there like some Every... sort of hint here? Ophiates. Every time I see, 
snakes and ancient. Yeah, that's exactly where my brain goes to is a fucus. Every time I see ancients, zodiac, anything like that with the constellations. Um, yeah. That is Zodiac's a gem in tactics. It is Ophiuchus. So I don't know why why that has to do with them, but because it's fucking Elidivus. <laughs> is he's like I'm here. Stop copying me. Oh man, and that's how it all ends too. That's that's I think on top of this nice little wrap up of why La Habrea is crazy as fuck. Completely logical that we got there in very quickly in the end. The little hegemony piece I thought was really interesting because I didn't. That was just like a fun little tidbit to me because I didn't see how that was like ultra relevant to how the story got to the way it was. But it was like a a neat little detail about why Hesperos and um mm. tr- and uh, Agdistus. Sorry, I've tried to fucking put that tree out of my head. I fucking hate that tree. Uh, why those two were so vastly different than Hegemony, who's kind of like who just kind of retained themselves through everything. Um, <clears throat> and then we got Hardest to Speak explained. I still don't think Claudian should have it. I don't care that he's like, oh, it's got no energy left. It's done. Stop it. Give me the fucking stone. Don't keep that. I've seen what happens when we leave shit like Dragon's Eyes around. I don't want you to have that fucking stone. Okay? I've been in the Charlian archives. I know you guys have a tendency to just put stuff there and forget about it. You don't notice when it goes missing. Don't like it. But then the final bit <coughs> is uh, Themis. Themis. Yeah. Uh, one thing we kind of skirted over is her recreating the souls of the other characters, just so we have a send-off for all of them. Um, one of, Some of which are hilarious. <laughs> you go to ask Lahabrea, hey, do you know about this thing? He's like, that's oddly specific. <laughs> and also learning that he became an evil asshole in the future. He's just like, well, shit. That sucks. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me at all. And it's funny because Emmett has the same reaction. He's like, that's not me. You're, yeah. you're, you're bullshitting me. <laughs> How could I ever turn out that way? Maybe. Maybe. But I, I don't believe I you. appreciated the difference between their reactions. How how Emmett Salk was like, I'm offended at this characterization. Like, you're repeating to him what he did. He's like, I'm offended at this characterization. And you repeat the same thing to La Habre and he goes, ah, I can see it. he's like hmm yeah okay under the right circumstances i I could see it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and also hippodeus with emity's and hippodeus like really you can't see that happening like this really you can't get from a to b (laughs) i can get from a to b i'll i'll tell you about it yeah um and then we finally have themis who decides he needs to die for the third time (laughs) <laughs> one one more monologue one as more if monologue. we the rains have ceased yeah which is um it's I like that somebody drew the in E11 there's no rain unlike the last time we saw Amarat so the rains have ceased hmm. ends up having this double meaning I like that it one right I didn't there. notice that yeah then again everyone just likes to read between lines that aren't there so who fucking knows what's deliberate and what's not at this point but hey it checks out fuck it Works out. Sunny day, no rain. I'll take it. And then Themis gets our first voiced raid line since uh, the end of Coil, pretty much. Not even the end of Coil. I, I think the scene after Louis Suarez voiced, but the Louis Suarez scene is, I think, the one most people remember from yeah. Coil. At the the, the twelve C like the turn twelve the, CGI. The, yeah, with the Phoenix. Yeah, the Phoenix scene. Mm-hmm. 
And it's and it's funny because everyone's like, oh man, I was kind of hoping there'd be something voiced. Themis's voice kicks in. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There's like, there's no way they only voiced. They only brought him into voice this first scene. There's no way. There's no way. It's like they've done it every expansion. No, it's Themis. They had to do it. And we finally get the send off. He gets his final, final bit of closure because the last two times he died, he didn't really get full closure. I suppose if that makes sense. Like he was kind of he was no. defeated and gets a sad scene at the Crystal Tower at the top of it. He gets that little pandemonium teaser, which we now know is a pandemonium teaser, where he goes, I kind of remember you being an Elpis. You know? I remember that. And then we finally get the my soul has like all the pieces of my soul are back together, so I remember everything, at least it with between the fog kind of situation. And it was a what a fantastic send off to I'm curious I'm curious how much of the last monologue was kind of a um a retort to some of the discourse. Cause it felt like he was, he was talking to some people who've made some comments that I've seen in terms of like how Elidibus would have felt or what Elidibus would have said. Oh, so you, so you're thinking is this a meta monologue? I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't, I, it's not so obvious that I would accuse it of being a meta, but I'm, I'm curious how much of it would have been meta in any way. Like how much of it, how much of the writing was inspired by what they've seen people discussing since since it's, point zero? It's not too often that we see the emotions, like the raw emotions of the writer seep out in their product. It's it's not too often. Um and I don't think we've ever had that happen in fourteen where it's just like other than, you know, Yoshi P being in the rising that and the devs being in the rising, that's it. But like, yeah, I don't think we've really had anything where they're like the the most meta speak- thing that's ever happened is when they changed the last boss of Labyrinth's name and they like had to rewrite the dialogue and he's just like, Ah oh, yes, it's this name, not that other name. That's great. Acheron. That- Flagathon. <laughs> not Acheron. Flagathon. Flagathon. Uh, Absolutely not Acheron. <laughs> we've seen a we've seen a non zero amount. Which is why I joke about it sometimes. It's where the suspicion comes from. I've seen a lot of things in the lore that are references to to lore forum discussions, but usually it's lighthearted stuff. It's not usually deep stuff. Um, the the Duke's precious vase in Hildebrand was a lore forum discussion. Some of the tweaks to the Astrologian stuff was lore forum discussion. Um, there was a thread that complained about like the old language, and I feel like ever since then the must needs has been in every patch. Yeah. Although, yeah, I think does bring up Emmett's speech is almost certainly like everything this the community's ever kind of theorized about. Like, where are we going Emmett's, after Endwalker? Yeah. Emmett's speech is do not quit Final Fantasy fourteen after this cutscene. That's what that, <laughs> like, you have so much you have so much left to play. You need to understand how much you have left to play. Um I think even just Vana looking at you and, go- and going, was your journey a good one? Did you did you have a good time? And then uh, Hithlodeus saying like, this story's got it all in Endwalker. <laughs> so like, there's been a non there's been a non zero amount of of adding stuff based on on fan comments, but I would buy just as easily that this was just a total coincidence and had nothing to do with it. Nah, fuck it. I know too much. I can't go back. 
we we've, we've been around this community too long, known this dev team too long. I it's it's it is yeah, it's it's meta. <laughs> it's as meta as it's gonna get. Uh, but uh, yeah, the send off with teams. I guess the real question is at this point. The only thing I've seen any people really debate over is whether. Um, Elidibus is teasing another end of the world type thing when he's being, when he's in the water, because he's like, but if the star remains on this course, then he kind of cuts himself off and gets seemingly reborn. I, hold on. I actually wrote something down about that. What did I write down about that? I remember there was something different in the languages on that one line. I remember people telling me there was something different. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me look at my notes. I didn't even even think to refresh on that one. There's a lot to refresh on. <laughs> yeah, because that that's the only thing I've seen, at least only looking at the English language, where people have debated if that's like because he starts talking about how great everything. He's like, ah, oh, this piece, it's so nice. You know, the star is safe, but if the star continues on this course. And then he cuts himself off. Yeah, English is how fascinating. The truths that dwell on the edge of sleep. The course of history is set by the victors. It is immutable. And yet, should the star continue on this path? And then he says, look, the light. And that's where it ends. Um, let's see, what are the other languages? So the sleep he's referring to is death. He's, he's saying... Um, as one passes from life into death, it's amazing the things you can learn at the last second, the insights you can have at the last second. Um, he says, history... Ooh, that's an interesting one, German. History, history moves on, and though it follows the path of the victor, it doesn't seem bad to me at all. Ah, the light, it's warm. That's far more... Not ominous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. French. Uh, what a twist. Who would have thought about the revelations that await at the turn of a long sleep? Of course, we're not rewriting history. It's up to the victors to write the sequel. But nevertheless, if the planet can endure because of that, then, oh, this light. So it's a yeah, little it different. A little every... complete. Yeah. It sounds yeah. a little different in every language. Yeah, but English sounds the most like cliffhangery <laughs> by far. Yeah, it does sound a little. It does sound a little cliffhanger. Are, are, are we gonna Are we gonna really hold on to that cliffhanger that like he really meant something or? Well, with the ultimate like, discussion, because... I feel like that's the only direction. If you were to just look at the English language and then look at the rest of the information Claudian gives you, you could mm. probably draw a, a tinfoil thread. Not a whole hat, but at least a tinfoil thread there. But um, mm -hmm. the other languages don't leave much room for that. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, uh, well, well. All I know is, is I can't bake a salmon in a tinfoil thread. <laughs> That's it. I need more tinfoil for that. The so, part, uh, the part that stood out to me with him was the was. Well, first off, I loved the line where, like, he, when we were still in Pandemonium and he looked down and the shadow kind of cast over his face and you could see the Elidibus that he would one day become. Um, mm -hmm. there was a, there was a scene in the short story where he does that. So the, the fact that they put one in the game was awesome. 
Um, in the short story, apparently when he emerged from Zodiac, he said the most ominous line in this entire game, in my opinion. Um, when Elidibus is first restored and returned to Amrat, he says, you will all make the right choice and I will see it through. Which sounds like... <laughs> I command you all to make the right choice. You all know what choice is the right choice. Sounds like yeah. that's definitely Zodiac talking. There's only one correct choice, and that like gave me flashbacks to to the scene where he's he's still very committed to the course and denounces Emmett Selk forever doubting it. Um yeah, I, I love all of the all of the additions to Elidibus. But the one that stood out to me the most in this one was that he said he was unburdened by regret. That felt like that felt like a very deliberate closure line. Oh yeah, that's like the closure line. Above anything else. Because like after that he's just like, Oh, you guys call it the Ethereal Sea. I like that. I like that name. <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> Seemingly gets reborn. I'd assume that's what the light is. That's not death. That's his soul, like being reborn into the world. I think is most people's interpretation of it. But you know, now without the memories of it, like he, there's no soul it, crystal anymore. So I have, I have no idea whether to see it as as death or rebirth or what. I just, I got really hung up on the fact that he goes right from. I look at like the fact that the world goes on and life continues in some form, and I'm glad I'm unburdened by regret, and then skips right to. Now that said, it's possible my motivations become you know something else entirely, and that's not how I feel at all. Like you can, you, if, that, if you don't like that, come up with something else. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time people have done that. So uh, again, little self-aware. Yeah, it, 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 just, it feels like it feels like closure and very self-aware writing. And yeah, even even Sabik, the way it was woven in, I think. I, it's weird. I think this might be the best they've ever done connecting new lore to old lore. And they got to connect as old, almost as old and as new as could be. <laughs> like as far apart it's from start point to end point. Not easy to connect new writing to the old writing. Not easy. But uh, yeah, I mean, unless there's still one, I think there's maybe one accounted for Asian. I don't remember if it was on Gaius's belt. Or something. Oh, you, I've the the number of Asians we've yet to deal with is dependent entirely on how you think about the game. I don't think I don't think Essie understands how open to interpretation the Asian math can be, and that makes me very nervous. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I there's chat. I believe I believe Se thinks there are two two left to deal with. I can make the case for far more than two, and I don't like that. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> Which part do you agree with? The more than two. Yeah, I can make. Well, I can well, make well the we case wait. One, one. Okay, one of those. I'm. Oh, well, you said you're saying a lot, and yeah, accounted. We're going for unaccounted for, right? Unaccounted for a lot. Um, I think I I would put, I would put two in the yellow for unaccounted for one in the Uh orange, one in the orange for, we have to account for it three in the red for, they should be dead, but I can't prove it. Logriff. Let's see. Where would I put Logriff? Logriff. Yeah. 
actually, I have Logriff in the red. Do you not? Can we bring that one back too? Red as for red as in confident in death. She's still in the first. As yeah, Logriff or as well, Gaia? Gaia? Gaia is Logriff's soul. So Logriff. Yeah. That, that's what. That's what I'm saying. Like she's. She still exists. The big thing is that Gaia is like, I could probably learn There's, how to walk between dimensions at some point. <laughs> here's, mm-hmm. here's where I would draw a line on this one though. Like if, let's say the Asian was, the person who would become the Asian one day was sundered. The original was sundered. And then we got uh-huh. 14, 14 pieces of this person. And then one is resurrected as like this immortal wraith Asian creature thing. Um, if you defeat that and they're reborn, aren't they just like a person again and not an Asian? The question is, can she still like, if the need, if there was the need, can she still yeah. come like, come out with some Asian kick ass in, in, in the event that we need? I would, and if, I if, think if, she can. If we're considering the possibility that there are shards of people who could become Asians again, we, there are dozens, dozens out there. Hmm. Like when Emmett Selk points out that when, um, God, what would be the total number? There were three that were not sundered. So 11, hmm. 14 times 11 is 154 Asian candidates. Throughout the dimensions. Okay. And then that's what they started with. And we've worked that down. You know, there's been seven rejoinings and one mm-hmm. void. So can we, mm-hmm. what do you think? Can we save the void or not save the void? No, they're, they're fucked. Void is toast? Void is toast. Okay. So we got seven rejoinings, one destroyed dimension. So that's eight. Oh, right. t- while you're working that math out, for chat asking if savages are canon, specifically Eden Savage was, um, specifically the final tier of Savage was, uh, what's his face's, um, what's his face's made up memories? Like he basically in his head Yoshi created. Peace. No, not Yoshi P's. Yoshi P's. No, not Yoshi P's. <laughs> uh, what's his face? Um, Mitron. The Wandering Mitchell. No, it's, no, that's not how Eden Savage <laughs> happens, Sly. They find a memory crystal from Eden and it's Mitron's and he just makes shit up. He's just like, oh, this is how I believed it would transpire. The Mitchell has so nothing a, to do with Eden Savage. On a, at, at best, a very liberal estimate is we still have like 80 candidates out there. Okay. So, who, if, if you okay. gave if you gave them the crystal with all their memories in it, might become that thing. So, if we cross the list off, if we go through each one that we have accounted for, which just said Mitron and Logriff, who, uh, Emmett Selk, obviously, uh, Van Daniel, obviously, um, Nabrialis, obviously. I have, I have this very embarrassing spreadsheet, so I can read it to you, like, in, I can give it to you in order. Yeah, I'm just going in my head, like, okay, Nabriolis, um, La Habrea, okay, and then that we, oh, La Habrea, 
Igiorm. Okay, yeah. so those are the seven that I have accounted for. And okay. then and then going through, like, academia, uh, anadur, and whatnot, um, we have uh, what? Well, uh, we have, uh, was it Homerit? Homerit? Um, I'm trying to think. Homerit's one of the ones. two that's that's totally unaccounted for and could probably mm-hmm. still be out there. Uh, the Dalphon. Yep. In the yellow for me. Um, Pastorot. Green. Yeah, that's the other one that's totally unaccounted for. And I think that's it. I'll give you, I'll give you my, oh, my no. clusterfuck of a list here. So. Eureka tells us that Emeralolf died when Val was teleported, which we know was in 2.2. Here's huh. the problem. Okay. Which, here's, here's the problem. Emeralolf has a speaking line in 2.3. <laughs> Is that, are you talking about the scene with like all the other Asians, like where, where all the Asians get together in the chrysalis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so if you retroactively put Emeralol's death in 2.2, why is she speaking in 2.3? Which, there's an obvious solution to that if you listen to Emmett Selk, that one of her shards was destroyed and they raised another. Now, if they raised Emeralol so quickly, can we be sure Nabriales is dead? Can we be sure Igiorm is dead? I guess that depends That's, on how much you believe that what they did immediately after was so pressing yeah, that, that makes, they said, fuck the, fuck the shards, that, we just gotta go. That, that makes me very uncomfortable. So, Emerald Alf's weird. We're told, we're told she should be dead in a way that felt like they were trying to get rid of Asians as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So, I think SE thinks she's dead. I question whether she's dead because she has a speaking line in the next patch. So, Navriales dies next, 2.5. But did they bring him back? If they brought Emeralolf back that quickly, I don't think we're supposed to think so, but I can't prove it. Igiorum mm. dies next. Igiorum dies next. 3.0. Did they bring her back? I can't prove it. Emma would not dies. bring her back, dude. He was like, thank fucking God she's gone. No, thank, thank God that one's gone. La Habrea dies next. We're sure he's dead. We got confirmation of that one. He was in the eyes for a bit and died his total death when they stabbed the eye. So he was an original, so we know he can't be re-risen. We got confirmation there. Uh, Logriff was on the first with, with Mitrin, or Mitrin, or however you want, I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, Logriff did die and was reborn as Gaia. Did they raise another? I don't know. I don't think so. I think we're supposed to think they're dead. Ultima and Dudalafon are next. Those masks are on Gaius's belt. But we're not told whether he actually, like, killed killed them or just killed their vessels and took their masks. So I don't know whether they're dead, but we're told they're dead. I think we're supposed to think they're dead. Uh, Emmett Selk, next, for uh, 5.0. I think we're supposed to think he's dead. He's an original. He took him out. We see him in the sea. It seems pretty clear. Uh, Elidibus... We killed multiple times. We just saw him original. We're good there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Mitron was with Logriff on the first, but Mitron says something interesting. Mitron, when you, when you talk to Mitron, he says that he suspects that he was eaten for so long that they probably raised another version of him and that's why they never came to rescue him. Now he could be wrong about that, but the fact that he says it is really weird. So I don't know if Mitron's dead. Fan Daniel, he died after everyone who could have resurrected him and all the stones are gone. So I think he's dead. We went to probably. the fucking underworld to make sure he was dead. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he's I think he's probably dealt with. Um and then Pastorate and Helmerit have never been mentioned at all. Well, they, they've been mentioned. They've been mentioned, but we don't. They, we've never seen their Asian forms, so we don't know if anybody's right. killed them yet. And then right. I've I've actually got a, a weirder ending to this. In two point zero zero, there are fourteen black-robed overlords standing around before Elidibus shows up. There were fifteen Asians back then, so that's weird. Cut to 2.3. You've got 14 Asians standing around the outside and Elidibus standing in the middle. That's weird because they're all in black robes, but also they've got the wrong outfits on. None of them have their shoulder pads or their masks. <laughs> so we don't really know if there's maybe like some black masks there, maybe. I don't know. So already we've got two extra Asians because Elidibus was made one of the 14 and Azem was never raised. So who the fuck are those other two black robe <laughs> dudes at the end of 2.0? That's, um, they're the, they're the, that's, that's, that's Sean and Gus from Psych. They're just investing. And I feel, <laughs> I feel like if I, I feel like if I had this conversation with anyone who actually like works and writes for the game, they'd be like, yeah, there's two we haven't really figured out yet. Pastorate and Helmer. We, we're going to just, we're just going to leave them in the background. Maybe we bring them back someday. Maybe we confirm they're dead. We don't know. And I'd be like, okay, but what about these other nine? And they would be like, oh God, please just shut up. <laughs> It'd be even funnier to ask Kate about this because she inherited all this from Odasan and Koji. She'd be like, oh no, please don't ask me. Please, please don't do this. <laughs> She just has localization, but even still, she'd still be the one who gets asked because she now has I'll commit, I'll commit to it. If I ever get an interview again, that's going to be one of the questions I ask. How many, how many Hassians do you guys think are dead? And how did they die? (laughs) You gotta go for the fact check. Yeah. Feel feel free to tell me that, like, some of them are in limbo, like Gaius was for a while, where nobody knows if they're alive or dead. Feel free to tell me that. How many do you think are dead? How many do you think are dead? Yep. That's oh, what I would just love to know that assumption on the writer's parts. Like in your head right now today, how many are dead? How many am I supposed to think are dead? <laughs> just digging up corpses. Like, please, just, I need this. <laughs> just get, I'll get the shovel. Just tell me where to dig. <laughs> where did you hide the bodies? Where did you hide the bodies? <laughs> That's it. Well, well, you're going to figure out Golbez Gold is connected to Pasturat somehow. <laughs> <laughs> well, if my predictions are on point, the, by the first week of October, you'll have an answer to that, maybe. Because <laughs> that's when we're predicting approximately for 6.5. 19-week mark would be the first Tuesday of October, I believe. And if they go the extra, the extra week because of summer, then, you know, you go another week further. So... That's uh, that's what we're looking to find out. Or we find out at FanFest. Who knows? Maybe they just spoil it. Fuck it. Just in the, in the teaser for whatever they're going to have. 
All right. All the same, we've gone over, I think, all the most important bits of 6.4, especially the curry, by far the most important part. My favorite part. And the boots. Yeah. Yeah. And the, well, the boots was from the previous patch, but it's food, and I like food. But speaking of food, I'm getting hungry, and i got to go to the gym. So I think we're good to wrap this show up for the day. Unless there's something we missed, story-wise. Saving for the lower palooza. Okay. All right. I agree. All right. With that, thank you, Moose, for thank being our lore expert. Invite. No, it's a long time overdue so because much. we kept saying we were going to yes. do it. And then we <laughs> you just kept No, I didn't even be invited. Thank you. Oh yeah, Tataru. So that was the other thing. Was Tataru, which has been cute, but not like re- not really unveiled anything other than Suzaku's thirst being even more than we thought it was. Suzaku, <laughs> that's probably my favorite line in like all the stories to this patch where he's like, "Ah, oh, this is Suzaku and Tenzin's child," and she's like, "Hold on, let him talk." <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I want to hear the rest of this. Hold on, where's do we get the details? Is there like is this written down somewhere? Can I? I'm going to need a picture book of some kind here for my collection back back at the temple, at Ryzen Temple. Oh, man. Yeah, that's the only other thing, really. Which maybe there'll be more discussed. Obviously, there will be criteria. Yeah, oh, no, no. This, this, year, this, year was, this year was Gaius. This uh, year was Whirlit. Oh, I'm sorry. That was, I did them both on this. I'm sorry. I did them both this yeah. patch. So, yeah, you're right. No, the Gaius one was sweet, yeah. too. But not much to unpack, I think, lore-wise. No, not a lot of not a lot to unpack. Mm-mm. It was they went for a fucking cheap shot with with my te- with my tear ducks, but uh, you know, yeah. Other than that, that was that was the weirdest thing was this fucking copycat. That was just yeah. weird though, and how they randomly made us play the Christmas mini game for six buttons. Not even like yeah, it was it was like barely, and it was like here's how the mini game works. Press this button. Oh, it's done. You love to be like someone, someone who's told to figure out the mechanics for a quest, and you're just like digging through the bag of stuff they came up with for holiday events. Like, yeah, I'm gonna pull this one back out <laughs> for like half a second. It's <laughs> they barely used it. it. Was like six buttons or something. Maybe do like, funny. maybe do like a slide puzzle or cheap dungeon. <laughs> I miss those. I miss those days. Yeah, I miss cheap dungeon. Yeah, good old cheap dungeon. But. With that, I think we're good to wrap things up. We will still have Variant Dungeon, whatever they decide to do for Hildebrand, you know, uh, for that story follow-up. Um, so there's a few more things still to learn, but for the most part, I think we're, we're good. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, thank you again for, thank you again for coming on. Appreciate it. Again, anytime. Wanna... Thank you. All right, thank you anytime. so much. We'll, we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> that opens, a, that opens a door anytime. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of that. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, what you're up to, all that good stuff? I have no idea. Um, I, what, the, the funny thing is, like, I used to do, like, a lot of writing, a lot of write-ups, a lot of research, a lot of interviews, and then I went to grad school for a couple years and focused on that entirely. So I'm just getting back into the swing of things. I'm just starting the write-ups again. I'm starting to stream a little bit. Uh, seeing where we're going from here, trying a little bit of everything. So I'm still at Anonymous XIV on Twitter, still at Onwill, A-N-W-Y-L-L on Twitch. And that's pretty much 
all I'm doing, aside from hanging out and talking to people on Discord when when debates pop up and there's interesting stuff to translate. Good, good. Yeah, uh, congratulations on grad school, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I can, I can do that. I couldn't can, do crap to go crazy. Oh man. I, I told myself like, I'm going to do it at the right time. I'm going to like, wait, I'm going to like build up my resources. I'm going to do it exactly at the right time. And then I started it and the pandemic happened. And I was like, great timing. <laughs> That's the universe going end. No. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh man. I you did it. You did it. You did it. You did it. All right. Sly. Hi. What you got going on? Uh, well, I was gonna say I was gonna come up with a clever birthday joke, but I'll just say you're a year older now since the last show. Yes. Yeah. I'm Happy old. Birthday, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, again, um, I'm Sly. Uh, you can find me on Twitch.tv/sly, aka Gray Fox. You can find me on Twitter at Sly the Fox. Uh, while I'm here, I want to get a shout out. Give a shout out to. Everyone who took part in Birthday Extravaganza, it was really, really fun. Uh, met some awesome content creators and thus have, I actually have an idea for a show that I've already pitched happy and we're going to talk about it in, in, in behind the scenes and whatnot. But yeah, like that event, like that was probably one of the best birthdays I've had in my 39 years of existence on this planet. So huge shout out to all those content creators. Thank you so much. Uh, other than that, I'm just, Getting ready for fan fests. Have fun. Enjoy 110 degree weather in July. Woo! <laughs> I hope you brought some eggs to cook on the sidewalk in case you get hungry while you're uh, while you're walking to the convention center. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Um, and oh, I do have something planned for after fan fest. I've already kind of teased it via the birthday extravaganza, but I will let you know after Fan Fest. Yeah. So, please look forward to it. Hi. Happy. Uh, yeah, what am I doing? Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> sorry, I was <laughs> what, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, what am I <laughs> Well, the Ever Crisis beta started today, so I was playing a bit of that, and then I finally playing through Chain Decos. It's okay. That's some things I like, some things I don't like. Oh, I got Streamathon on Sunday. I'm doing uh, Final Fantasy Shuffler, where I have to play Final Fantasies 1 through 9 all at the same time. But it randomly shuffles when the game swaps. So I could be in the middle of something. And whenever it swaps, it save states it. So like I could That's be in the middle cool. of a, a cutscene, a boss fight. I could be in the middle of a mini game, And it'll just randomly swap to a different game on the list. And then that's going to have, we're going to have a whole bunch of incentives and little things people can do to ruin my life as if they don't try to do it already. And that's going to be running all through next week. Uh, and pr- however long it ends up taking for, you know, me to get through as much as I can or for the streamathon to end or whatnot. So that's going to be busy. Um, FanFest, I'm not going as a reminder. I will be home co-streaming the entire event despite all of my peers being uh, verbally and physically upset with me uh, for not being there. <laughs> Arthur's is upset. Mira's upset. Everyone's upset. I'm not going. Like, hey, it's asshole. so much. It's so much easier to cover when you're not there. That's not even it. I just don't. I don't want to spend the money on going. That's all it was. Like, as soon as I didn't get the initial ticket, I was like, oh, I could probably get one because 
Somebody you processed me- your emotions then and, and made the logical decision. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, I gotta go. It's fan fest, and then it was like there was like that branch of not going, and I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, and it just made it just made the most sense. So yeah, I was just like, I'm just not gonna go. I'll stay home. I'll co-stream the whole thing and uh, have a glass of whiskey or something. I don't know. Every, every year that I've been there, I've been trying to do like content and coverage, and I'm sitting there like writing on paper in my little notebook while everybody back home is like, it's already on Twitter before I can even pull out my phone. No, it's so much easier to cover not even being there. But it's. Mm-hmm. It, but it's an experience. But that's not the reason there. to go. Yeah, that's not yeah. the reason to go. That's not the reason you go. <laughs> that being said, yeah, I, I won't be there. Uh, and then next month is Armored Core. So next, I know it's the end of next month, but that's my other next exciting thing is that. Sorry, Sea of Stars. And, Baldur, and Baldur's Gate for me. I can, no, I can't, I'm not even touching that game. That's, it's, I'll never finish it. There's no point. I'll literally, it's, it's, it's an unfinishable game for me. I'll never finish it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy it. There's no point. You just need people. You need a party. No, then I'll really never finish it, because I can wait on however many other motherfuckers to get that shit done. Then it'll absolutely never be finished. I can't get anyone together for a real D&D session. You think I'm going to fucking magically figure out how to if get that shit If you can get people here? together for fucking raid, you can get two people. I don't get anyone people. together for raid. I don't raid lead, Sly. I say, tell me when to show up, I'll fucking show up. I sit at home, I'm home 15 hours out of the day, just tell me when you want me to play the video game. Everyone else has lives and goes places. <laughs> I'm the easy one. <laughs> like, I fucking get people together for rage. Trying to give me credit for shit I don't do. I ain't gonna take it. Mm-mm. Nope. But yeah, that's what I got going on. And then other than that, just cranking YouTube shit. As I always do. No surprises there. Anyway, with that, thanks everyone for coming by today's show. Thank you to Steel Series Advanced GG for sponsoring. Thank you, everyone on Patreon, for supporting. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me when you hit your mic. Sorry. Oh my god. I thought I did something. I was like, did my audio break? No. And thank you again, Moose, for coming on. We will be certainly having you on again in the future. Yeah. Trust me. All right. Thank you so much, Bruce. Thank you, thank you. And with that, everyone, we will go to a very short post show, and then we'll be gone. So, bye. See you soon.